Hi, and welcome to the Silverline Podcast, an audio version pulled from the video stream we do a couple of times a week. My name is Roland Mann, and I'm the head honcho at Silverline, where we have a great time making fun comics that we think you'll enjoy. This episode is titled, Things We Don't Want to See a Protagonist Do. It originally aired August 23rd, 2020. Hello, everyone, and we are now live, I think. Someone double-check me and make sure that you see us on all the appropriate places. Uh, You are tuning in. Hopefully, you're tuning in to uh, Silver Sunday. Um, This is things we don't... This this week, we're talking about things we don't want to see the Protag do. Uh, We might talk about some other things, too. And uh, you'll notice that uh, my, my setting is a little different. Generally, my son Brett uh, is the one who does kind of all of our producing, but it's his birthday and his gal has him out treating him to a night on the town, and so I'm trying to figure out how to do all this on my own, and so I'm hoping that... uh, If you lose this, it's Rowan's fault. That's right. So, this is Silver Sunday. We're going to have some some, uh, unusual challenges this week, and we appreciate you hanging with us. I am Roland Mann. I am the host of this. I am the chief wrangler at Silverline. Oh, I have a Razorback shirt. My shirt looks really red in, in Brett's screen. So, <clears throat> uh, And so that's me. Normally, uh, we have Brett who would be working behind the scenes for us, but it is his birthday tomorrow, so his gal has him out and about on the town. I can't remember if I said that before we were on or after we were on, but I want to make sure that you know why I'm I'm doing all this stuff today. <clears throat> This is stuff that he usually does, so I'm going to be trying to ex- experiment and figure out how some of this behind-the-scenes stuff works. So if I mess that up, I beg your forgiveness. So, introduce Murderer's Row. Curtis, tell folks who you are. Hi, I'm Curtis Fujita. I'm the creative director at Silverline. And I'm also an artist uh, with experience in graphics, video games, and animation, and I'm the editor on Kalis, and I'm going to hand it over to my partner in crime, Aaron Humphreys. Aaron, take it away. Yeah, I am the illustrator, or I, the uh, pencil, I guess, on Fire Rush, and um, I do my own comic, uh, Golem, which you can find on Webtoons and stuff, and hopefully I will be doing more stuff for Silverline in the future. Um, yeah, I think that's it. Fingers crossed. The fingers crossed. If I've got anything, <laughs> I guess it's just going to be gone to the wind. Yeah. <laughs> So, so how far along on Godlings are you? You finished eight last week, right? Eight, yeah, and I'm I've finished the first three pages of issue one, so Sweet. I should be. Yeah, I go pretty fast. Yeah. <laughs> so, three three pages a week—that's a good speed. So usually three pages, I would say. Now is that complete pages? Six penciled, pages, penciled, inked, lettered, and colored. I don't ink the pages. So oh, that's the right. Pages yeah, you talked yeah. about that last time. Yeah. That's what's speeding me up is I'm skipping a little bit of a step. Yeah. Cheating, I guess you might say, but yeah. it's speeding me up. You're taking so. advantage of the technology. It's not cheating. I am. That is. Yes, I am. I'm taking advantage of that. So, so Next up, we have John. John, tell folks who you are. Hey, I am John Martin. I am the resident uh, Prince Voltan and Viking of Silverline. That's right. There, I'm, there you go, Roland, just for you. I appreciate um, that. I'm the anchor for Friar Rush. Much love to you, uh, brother. <laughs> I'm the anchor on Friar Rush. I'm currently working on issue two. Um, and 
who knows what else Roland will throw my way. Um, hopefully some more, um, especially with conventions being the way they are. Yep. Yeah. Almost non-existent. Uh, but uh, other than that, I mean, that's about it. <laughs> Jamming right along, right? Just I'm sitting here. I'm sitting here working on pages right now. Sweet. I'm working on pages and working on another fried rush sketch. Nice. Very cool. It it kind of it's it's kind of like a mirror. Uh, it's Jake. Uh, gonna have the same background as the Seraph. Okay. Uh, so one that ended up being the variant cover might become a variant. I think I saw the sketch in the uh, in the the group chat, right? Uh, yes. Yep. 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 Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, I. I Trying to make his hair look more realistic. Hopefully, I did that okay, Aaron. Oh yeah, yeah. Sweet. And, and uh, now we introduce. Sorry, sorry, sorry to inter- real quick. Sorry to interrupt. Just uh, technical issue. Just everybody in our chat here, uh, all our creators. Just double check your Facebook message for an important update about some technical things going on during our live stream. I don't. And, uh, oh. Uh, our Silver <laughs> Sunday. Uh, yeah. And I. Uh, and uh, I'll I, let Roland. Uh, I don't have access to mine. <laughs> oh no! Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like we're in trouble. I'll, 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 I'll email it to Roland, and um, and I'll email so... your, your email. Okay? I, I may have to turn it what? over to so someone I did, and I decide, then run I decide, go check. Okay. <laughs> now we're gonna get to our international contingent. Um, oh, first boy. up, Sid. Tell everybody who you are. Hi, everybody. I'm Sid. Um. Currently, I'm being the colorist for uh, the coming project called Trumps that's going to be up in September, right? Yep, yep. September. Uh, that's it. Short and precise. <laughs> so, Sid, you're joining us from where? Uh, right now, I'm in Chile. I, I don't know why I keep saying I'm Chile right now. It's, it's right now. like that. Yeah. I'm well, from Chile. You know, uh, when you're a world traveler like yourself, you have to remember what, what country you're in, sometimes. right? Sometimes. <laughs> yeah. So, what time is I'm, it? There? I'm on the night. I've been right now. It's nine thirty. Oh, really? Nine thirteen. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I was so messed up, and I, I couldn't get on time. I was like, "This is fine. I have one hour left." And then I see, guys, we're online. I'm like, what? So <laughs> oh, you're, yeah, you're in the exact same time zone as I am, then. Yeah, yeah, but we're very close to change times for 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 savings. So I I. I'm a little messed up right now. I I thought it was this week, but it was September is not yet. So I'm <laughs> I'm here. That's what that's Good. what's important. That's <laughs> what's important. That's right. I'm here, of course. <laughs> and the other part of our international contingent, Pete. Hoi, hoi. From across the pond. Actually occupying the bridge of the oh, look at that. <laughs> Show up. And, and it is not nine PM where you are. No, it's uh it's two two AM in the morning. <laughs> And we appreciate. This is where I get my most work done. That's, that's <laughs> dedication. Isn't that, isn't that the, the truth for all creators, though? Yeah. It's when this is good. It's quiet. No one's disturbed me. That's no right. one wants me to take them to the shops. It's great. Well, no one needs not. answers. No that's right. No one needs you to do something. You don't have to open jars. You don't have working to, the night shift. You know, you don't have you to work answer the night questions. shift on the enterprise. Yeah, on the enterprise. <laughs> yeah, it's very quiet. Now, what would be funny is if there was a, a little maid come along by vacuuming yeah, the bridge. You mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wonder if many trucks come over. I would love he's to see Brax one day. My dog, my dog's sleeping on the sofa right now. <laughs> oh. He's the only yeah. one that comes and joins me this time in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> All 
All right, guys, so today we've got an interesting topic. Today we're talking about um, things that we don't want to see uh, protagonists do. So I think I think we can approach this from, from several different things, several ways. I think we can look at this as things that we don't want to see our protagonists do, right, and the stories that we create. Like, I don't want to see my protagonists do this, right? But also maybe things that we don't want to see the protagonist of uh, entertainment that we consume do, right? When you go to a movie or when you read a book, what are the things that you don't want to see the protagonist do? Anybody? And Ron, if, I, if I can interject real quick, we got some uh, people in the live chat. Yeah. Hello. So um, let me just pass the word along. Let me see uh, if we, I can figure this out. We have Kasisi okay. saying, hey, guys. Uh, hey, Kasisi. Stephen Brown says, hi. Tommy says, what's up, Pete? Hello. Uh, Stephen Brown says specifically, hey, Roland. And, um, what's up? Wubba. Wubba says, Hola. hey, Wubba. And uh, let's see. Pablo Taku says, and I'm going to start oh, this. So, that's because so from Issa, side. Hello. Me. I know. So, <laughs> let's, let's try this. It's going to sound horrible. So, Buenos noches, Master Issa Steven Turini. Le deseo lo mejor del mundo. Hey, that's really good. Not bad? All right. Yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> I've, I've, Hi, Paolo. Let's see you again. No idea what you said, but I, I'm, I'm just going so to I'm just okay, gonna say I, I believe you. <laughs> wishes, his wishes, just giving good wishes. Okay. I think that's very kind. Very good. Very good. Good. That's good. That's good. We're we're going abroad now. You know this is an international show. It is. That's good. Right. Then you need to start putting captions now. You know. Um, you know, so on Facebook we actually do. Um, it's auto generated. It it's auto generated, and it's not very oh, good. Um, no, you entered just, an old password. Nice. Uh, so uh, let's see. You were saying um, we were talking about who is what. What we don't want to see our characters do, right? Yes. Uh, was it is it our characters or is it any protagonists? You know, we're starting out with our characters. We, well, we, you know, whatever strikes you, uh, whatever yeah. strikes you first. I, I think it's okay for us to talk about both. Um, in other words, I, I didn't because I thought about it. It's like you know, I don't want to just limit this to the things that are our protagonists because we might think about well, you know, I don't ever want to see James Bond do this, or uh, you know, I don't ever want to see Captain America do this, that that kind of thing, you know. I usually, I don't know. I mean, there's a part of me that depends on what it is. I know the big one is like the idea of like, especially superheroes uh, killing people, which mm-hmm. has gotten more lax. But that used to be the big thing, you know, especially with Batman. That was, you know, but of course, I mean, it's yeah. funny because he actually said, I, I've had discussions with people where you talk about like, realistically, could Batman do what he does and not inadvertently kill somebody? And it's like, no, it's almost impossible. He would kill somebody. I mean, either from, like, eternal damage, from, like, hitting somebody, something like that. Yeah, somebody was going to die in the process of what he does. Uh, yes. May not be by his hand, but it, it would happen. Um, which made me, when sometimes when he breaks that in certain iterations of Batman, I'm just like, oh, okay. I remember I played a video game where he drove a Batmobile and he kept slamming into the people, but they would he would electrocute him and they would bounce off the Batmobile and it's like, Dude, they'd be dead. Arkham City, right? No, Arkham yeah, that one we get back. Oh, it's amazing. And these people just flies like 20 feet away. Like, there's no way. 
Uh, but I guess that was the Batmobile. It wasn't Batman. Yeah. Yeah, you can blame it on the Batmobile. Dude, I was just driving it. I mean, it's got a mind of its own. Well, and if, it, if it's a random goon, right? It, it's kind of like don't don't ask the situation. Yeah, but it, but if it's like a, the Joker, right? Then we acknowledge it. But if it's just some random thug, you know? Yeah, it's like whatever. Yeah, yeah. there's no attachment. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't mind if there's things, but like if things diametrically go against like the whole meaning of the character, yeah, and they come out of nowhere, you know. Um, Star Wars. Um, I don't, you know, necessarily <laughs> like when the things happen, you know. So, you know, just that's my view. You have problems with the new Star Wars movies, Curtis? <laughs> I didn't say anything. My my name is Paul, and this is between y'all. So I'm going to take a sip of my water. Oh, that's the water. I, my, my problem with anyway. some characters, protagonists doing things. I don't know. You, you were still going? You still, you still going? Go on. Continue. Continue. <laughs> yeah. Um, John, what do you think? What, what are your thoughts? Do you have any, any qualms about a character's do something that would just completely you would lose it on him well i'm very much open to character building and i understand that there's sometimes you got to push a character to certain points to build upon them mm-hmm. so i'm kind of open to that yeah i mean you definitely have to Sometimes I remember the whole big. The, it, there was a big uh, pushback when they made Captain America like an agent of Hydra, and it's like, yeah, but that's yeah. not going to be permanent. That was just a story. It's like <laughs> they want you to be interested in finding like, why would he do that? Instead of like, no, we can never read it, and we must admonish everyone who looks <laughs> at it. And it's like, okay, that's not really, you know. So yeah. I understand. And sometimes it's kind of hard for writers because you want your character sometimes to break character a little bit for story to get people to read it. Because like, why would he do that? Yeah. But now it seems hey, you got to add like, a new wrinkle sometimes. Yeah, just okay. a little bit. You know, I I've been writing because I remember uh, with friends, and more than once I would get into the situation when you have this very well made character and like, just like, but like, then you get no, stuck. We can never read it. And it's we just like I I don't know what to do with it, and then you take like, the risk of like a little what happens, and most of the times you end up like quite surprised because if the character is well built, would you put him in a very strange or you say like uh, improbable situation yeah. if the character is well built it's going to react accordingly even though it's even something he has never done before so i think that's sometimes it works my problem is i don't know if it's the character it's more like a writing problem when they make the, the character go through something that he hasn't done before or something that changes him or something that it's really important and then within the next few episodes or just a little time after it's like nothing happened it was like yeah, okay yeah. let's move on that's it I, I, if something's important is going to happen i would like at least something to stay within him but yeah. i don't know i think that's more to the writing more than the character there's a lot of stuff they've done with with characters and Denver. and this you know there's certain stuff they you know when they uh that they've made changes there's some stuff, stuff i wish they never happened for example what they did with dick grayson or yeah. Rick Grayson. I really wish that did not happen, but, but yeah. it happened. So. Well, in the live in the live chat here, Wubba Wubba chimes in. Wubba's saying, uh, he says one thing that he wouldn't want to see. He doesn't want to see cat and mouse eviscerate a person. Probably one another. Uh, besides, probably nobody besides Cray could get away with it because he's a barbarian. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Tommy's giving a shout out. He says, uh, "Big woot woot to Sid." <laughs> 
and to Pete. Ahoy. So. <laughs> yeah, sweet. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so... Um, Phil so left out, Tommy. I thought we were cool. <laughs> I know. I'm kidding. Yeah. Pack, pack, pack your bags. We're going on a guilt trip. That's, that's right. I know. <laughs> Jeez. I don't. I don't think there's anything a character can't do. I think you know. Even heroes can do. I think can do really bad things. They just that's just something they're going to have to come back from. I think, or they don't come back mm-hmm. from it, and you create a um, morally ambiguous hero. Yeah. I think um, you, you can. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's. Yeah, okay. There's some certain things you you can't you can't <laughs> right, do. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say them. <laughs> and, and, and I think yeah, that's the thing. That's that not cool. Yeah. I think those are the the kind of things that the the that we're we're sort of looking for. Is that what do you what do you not want to see? Like like I can remember. I heard I heard while I was trying to get some of this done. I heard the talk about the um, uh, Captain America and the. Um, Hydra thing. The Hydra, Hydra thing, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. that was that was my thought as well. I mean, my my thought was like, okay, number one is just a story, yeah. and that's not that's not something that you can't return from. However, and I'm going to say this, I'm going to preface this with, uh, I I think Mark Grunewald was one of the, the was certainly one of the top notch Marvel people ever, right? Um, his story, he wrote a story in which Captain America killed somebody. And that's not something that you can come back from, right? I mean, you can you can do a lot of things. You can have characters cross into some of that grayness, but um, you can never undo Captain America having killed somebody, right? Uh, I, I kind of feel a little bit the same way about Batman. I'm uh, not Batman, uh, uh, Superman, although not quite as strongly, just because I. I don't feel as strongly about Superman, but in the movies, right when he killed, um, killed Zod. Yes, thank you, Zod. Yeah, um, Zod is like kind of like I kind of had a problem with that. You know, I'm like, nah, no, oh, really? I did. Yeah, it's like no, this is Superman. Well, he killed him in both movies. Say again, he did kill Superman him. too. He killed yeah. him in Superman too, too. So no, that's why I always think like it's funny when people complain about the new movie. Like they killed him in the old one, he threw him into the ice. Yeah. He was normal. He would have died from from exposure. Like he, had, he had no powers at that point. Actually, yeah, actually he would have died almost almost instantaneously going in the frozen water. So yeah, he he killed them both. He crushed his hand and killed him. So I'm like, but nobody seemed to have a problem with that. But the new one, it's like, well, no, it's like, okay. <laughs> so that, so that you're saying like the a, Christopher Reeve version he did? Oh, yeah, he killed him. Oh, he killed him dead. Man, I don't remember that. It's been too long since he killed him dead. Yeah, he he reached down because Zod put his hand down to go basically like, you know, kiss my hand, worship me. And Superman grabs him and crushes him, picks him up and then throws him against the wall so it falls in the ice flow because he's total like he was a normal human. When he fell into the ice being normal and Arctic ice, yeah, he was dead. He's not giving out of that. He was <laughs> I'm not a Superman yeah. expert, but I always thought a lot of people would die whenever he fought on the top legs. Yeah. So, yeah. much stuff so, so see, Martin, Martin Piero is saying he didn't kill him, and that's kind of what uh, what's this kind of what now? It's been way too many years since I've seen it to make a <laughs> any real real argument about that. But I, I yeah. don't remember, I don't remember that. Yeah, they knocked them all down into the ice. He was in the fortress of solitude. They they did it so like they fell down the cracks against the wall or something. They fell down. So he fell out, 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 out of the fortress and dead. into ice. Then, well, saying. yeah, if you're at Arctic, I mean, if, if you're if you're going 
with no bodysuit and no protection to Arctic waters, you're not coming back with that. <laughs> so, yeah. But, yeah, that was, I think it wasn't as maybe graphic as the new one when he cracked his neck. Yeah, yeah. But he obviously implied that, yeah, they were dead. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I really like that scene though because you see him really struggling because you know he's like, "There's a family there, you know what you gotta do." But he's like, "But I still could maybe." And, yeah. And, I don't know. I like that those little ten seconds yeah. in which you're like, "Oh, he's he's gonna do it." Is he, yeah. I mean, it's it? it's a it's what I mean. It's one of the things we want to put our character. You, yeah. The moral dilemmas, right? We want to put our characters in, in moral dilemmas. So Martin Piero says he didn't kill Aim. There is no ice in the fortress. It's crystal and not ice. <laughs> So I mean, they never came back, so I'd assume they were dead. I mean, I I, I would, I don't know. But even then, it's like, well, if they're, I mean, you can come. I I just see, like, so is Zod working a 7-Eleven now? (laughs) I mean, it's kind of like it was implied that they were destroyed. So I I guess I just assume it's it's, uh, uh, a lot like a, a lot of the typical... Uh, villain resolutions in, in th- those days is that they put them in, you know, like uh, the Fantastic Four would send people mm-hmm. to the negative zone, or you know, um, what was that little crystal that they were they were that they were caught up in? There's this little, you know, they were, oh, yeah, you know what was I'm saying? That the, was that the Phantom Zone? Well, I, so I, I, I'm, hmm. I'm shifting actually back to Superman. Uh, okay. Um, okay, so yeah, see, Michael Lanning says uh, I thought Zod was in the Phantom Zone. So that's kind of that's kind of what I'm thinking. Is he didn't kill him? He put him in. He put him in this 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 Phantom Zone area. So what the big? I, okay, I have to watch it again. Yeah, it's been too. I've seen that. I, movie I'm not many, arguing. Many times. I'm just saying I no, don't no, remember. I'm not, but I'm almost <laughs> positive that they because I mean I mean one he crushed his ham so that itself is was out of character for Superman when you like literally crack every bone in somebody's hand. It's like yeah. Okay, even that, it's like, come on, that's, you know. But again, I mean, I, I don't know. The, you know. Hollywood movies, you can't really hold them to, like, comic books. Right, Because they're, yes. they're trying to just make a basic movie. And, like, this is like, well, they didn't do in the comic. Like, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And we could spend hours and hours and hours comparing oh, yeah, yeah, the yeah, difference yeah, yeah, between definitely. comics and and, and the movies. And yeah. And, and, and yeah, I, I don't know that I want, not tonight anyway, I don't know. <laughs> I don't want to turn that into this. Um, but I think that I, I think I want to go back to the kind of the idea is that um, I do think there are things that we don't want to see protagonists do because it would be against their character. And I think I, I think part of what happens when we latch on to characters, that's because the characters tend to be defined and they have a way that they that they act and they they do things. When they act out of character, that jars us as as a a, a, a reader or a, a viewer or a, con- a consumer, right? It jars us out of it, and we lose that kind of attachment to, okay, now this character is not really that believable because they're doing things that, no, that doesn't make any sense, right? And even if it's not something that you're like, oh, well, that was an evil thing or that was a good thing, and, and yeah, it's a good thing, so they would do, then you go, okay, well, yeah, maybe, but that's really not in that character's character to do. Does, it, does that make mm. sense to you guys? Yeah. Well, I yeah, don't I understand. Like I like it when it's, like, on that line, like when, when Batman, you know, when he got, he was on Venom and he got, like, um, you know, he was basically taking steroids, right? Mm. 
And that yeah. was like him getting close to that edge. And you would say, you're kind of like at first, like uh, Batman would never do that. But then you can kind of say, okay, these are the circumstances that would lead him to that edge. He hasn't gone completely over the edge, but he's, he's at that point. I always find interesting when somebody can kind of do it in that manner you know yeah well um, that was always the big conflict with the jokers the jokers are always trying to push him over the edge the edge the kill which mm-hmm. I, I thought which which you know like you of course like you know the fact that batman doesn't kill makes that whole theory like the joker's trying to push him over so batman started killing people then the joker would be like i won so he can never do that yeah well but, i yeah. think if you're i think if you're trying to get characters that to feel realistic I mean, you kind of have to sit there and go, and, and unfortunately, most of this goes on the writers to make it believable, but sometimes it only takes that one bad moment to push somebody one direction or another, yeah. and that's real life. It takes that's one real day. Life there. Yeah, which, which always makes it interesting, those sort of, uh, I guess, teeter-totter sort of moments, will they, won't they? sort of thing you know it's funny you're talking about captain america killing i always assume now i'm not i've read i've read some captain america here and there and i like him as a character but he every time they depict him now he always has like guns and machine guns i thought he was more of a soldier than yeah yeah i actually have a figure of captain america comes to like a thompson and like and i was like oh because they always depict him in world war ii so i just assume well, he was a soldier in world war ii yeah so obviously he would kill but like modern day i can understand that um, he can have uh, the weapon from Star Trek, and he can more change it from stun, stun to them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Of course, set, he doesn't kill. Let, he, let me set my Tommy gun to stun. Yeah, yeah. He throws the Tommy gun and catches it. Like yeah. Well, I, yeah. And, I, and I think my, that's, that's what I was being. It's just I thought you'd notice. Yeah. yeah. And I think my memories uh, of uh, Cap really comes post World War II because. I read that I didn't read Cap until after he joined the Avengers, of course, in the 60s. Um, so, C. Michael Lanning says, uh, Wubba said, said, yeah, me too, thought Zod was in the Phantom Zone. C. Michael Lanning said, it looks like Superman moved and Zod fell, so it's almost like Batman saying, I don't have to save you. Okay. Oh, well, I thought he picked him up and threw him away. I'm going to have to watch this again. Yeah. I'm going to have to watch. I'll go on YouTube and find it. I'm sure they have it. Because now I'm like... I'm afraid you yeah. won't be able to sleep until you right. figure yeah. it out. No, no, it's like that, I, we're, that. we're all going to be I watching Christopher Reeve's that. Superman 2 tonight, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't mind. Let's do that. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's the only Superman's worth watching anyway. That's another conversation. <laughs> yeah. So Wubba says, I don't want to see Punisher growing flowers, working charity outreach, and, and uh, siding with the police. But Cap would do those things. Yeah. Punisher is a cop. He was a cop. I thought he was a Marine. Was he a cop? He was a cop. He worked undercover. Yes, that's true, actually. But then oh, okay. Like, at some point, he did have Marine training. Wasn't he ex-military as well? Yeah, he was He was spec ops. Was he spec? Yeah. Mm. That makes... that. I know I've read stories here and there of the Punisher, but I, there's obviously big holes missing. Yeah, that's like... every. I've seen some Punisher fun. stories where he makes these elaborate revenge schemes. Yeah. Like setting people up for these... And I was like, nah, he just blows people up he he's very much a straightforward sort of guy like every time he's like thinking like these huge schemes like the joker or something i'm like no that's not his character (laughs) he's almost reverse of the other ones like no the punisher needs to kill more point blank than kill over time yeah (laughs) which is why the interaction between the punisher and moon knight is so hilarious 
Do they have them teaming up now in the comics? Uh, there was a you still you, you still killing folks? Yeah, you still insane? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Royal Sounds Air- about right. Yeah. Royal Airship says the out-of-character decisions might have peaked with Superman Red and Superman Blue. Yeah. I forgot about that. What well, they, what what, what's that the deconstru- oh, No, no, go ahead, What do people think about, like, this whole, you know, it's so overstated, but, like, always deconstruction, deconstructing this character. De- is that just an excuse to, to completely take things in, you know, in the opposite direction and kind of, I mean... What was everybody's thoughts on that? I'm curious. I think it's sometimes to the point you can de- deconstruct something to the point, like multiple times, like you said, to where you kind of like, well, what what was it in the first place again? Like you kind of lose the original yeah. when you de. Like I understand deconstructing sometimes, but sometimes <laughs> you just want to see Batman or whatever, or you know, these heroes just be what they are and a basic sort of adventure instead of always deconstructing it. Yeah, um, I, I I tend to I tend to agree with that a little bit, I, and I think my my feeling on deconstruct tends to be. Okay, anytime you tell me that you're going to dive into deconstruction, it really just means you don't like the character the way he is or she is, yeah. and so you're going to go in and make changes. And I don't know that I'm a fan of that. You know, I, I'm I'm a fan of, um, you know, if you don't like Captain America as Captain America, well, create something else. Create Super Soldier or create, um, you know, the Red Guardian or create create something different. But don't go in and, and quote unquote deconstruct Captain America and change him. Yeah. You know, because that's part of longevity and, and why we keep coming back to characters is that there are things about them that we like, right? Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like re- reimagining more than anything else. Like, um, you know, like the core is still there, but it's yeah. just kind of a different. Right. Like, like, I don't know if you guys ever saw the, the book Speeding Bullets. It was like an Elseworlds where it was. Superman's rocket leaves Krypton and lands in Gotham City, and he gets adopted by the Wayne family. And no, then, no, that sounds yeah, cool. And, and it's yeah. really cool. And so, and so, then what happens? Of course, is the Wayne family gets killed, and basically, you know, Kal El becomes Batman. So it's Batman with all Superman's That's so powers. terrifying. That's kind of cool. I need to find that. It's so, terrible yeah. people can just take this and flies up and he's like, what is a joker? Oh, Jesus. Yeah. No. All right, so, to go so, all Thomas Wayne? So Wubba said this about the Punisher, and this is this is kind of what my memory of the Punisher is. Uh, it says the whole point of the uh, Punisher uh, as a character is vengeance for his family because the system, including the police, failed him. Uh, and he said uh, Carl uh, Potts and Mike Barron made that very clear on their runs. And, yeah. Um, yeah, that's that's kind of that's kind of what I remember from way early Punisher. And uh, and granted, I I didn't read a whole lot of Punisher beyond the the initial five issue Mike Zek miniseries. <laughs> yeah. But I have a question. I have, I have a question. Okay. I, I've never really followed Punisher. I honestly got interested in the character when the series came out. So, uh, but when you have a character with a very straightforward mission, which is to get revenge for his family, and once he does that already, what do you do with a character? So I think that's kind of the biggest challenges because one thing is to keep the world safe, and the other one is to I need to get rid of these people. Yeah, so that's, yeah. that's why Punisher is such a challenge. Well, I, to, I you know keep fresh. No, and in I other think words, that's how a, much vengeance can he have? Well, and, yeah. <laughs> well, and I think it's uh, I finish my family. I'm gonna I'm gonna revenge my neighbor's family. How? Yeah. It it is. It is. Go ahead, John. 
I was going to say, I think that's why Punisher and Captain America clash a few times, ideally. Yeah. Um, like in Civil War, there was a big clash between the two. Yeah, that was quite good, actually. I quite enjoyed that comparison. Yeah. Well, they said, um, I said that if Cap had been born, you know, in the Vietnam, for the Vietnam War, he would be, he would be the Punisher now. And Cap was like, I'm nothing like him. He's a psychopath. He's, he's, he's a murderer and a psychopath or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, I yeah. Like that. yeah, it was really, really good, actually. I, yeah, Civil War was cool. Well, and I think uh, Sid brings up a, a good um, a good point in that part of the part of the problem with origin stories for characters. Okay, um, origin stories are generally uh, the best origin stories are generally created with characters that have a very specific task or goal that they end up needing to accomplish. Right. And and what happens is, as storytellers, we want them to accomplish that goal, right? I.e., Punisher needs to get revenge on all these mobsters for the death of his family. He does. Okay, now what's the point? Yeah. Does he does he hang up his skulls and, and go back to doing whatever he's supposed to be? Or, or does he take on some new task? And I think I, he realized the system was more corrupt than it he initially thought during that process. Well, the initial story was like, wasn't it his war on the mafia? Yeah. yeah I think it was a mafia that, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, so uh, there's, there's a, there's a whole conversation going on in the uh, chat here. See, Michael Lanning says, I think the cop ideal actually came from the second movie with Thomas Jane. Wubba said it did, which explains why I had never heard of the cop thing before. I, I never heard of it either, but I didn't know everything yeah. about it. So yeah, I, I don't yeah. remember him being a cop in the comics. But again, my knowledge is way back. I didn't read uh, a lot of the stuff. Uh, and then Wubba said, uh, Mike Barron solved um, that. And when, when he's talking about solved the, the, um, the goal thing for him by having him chase down and terminate all organized crime. But it could be someone else. Uh, it could be someone else's family the system fails. So essentially, once he, uh, once he, gets vengeance for his own family, then the, it becomes a bigger picture. Okay, well, I, I've, I've avenged my, myself and my family. Now let me go after organized crime where everybody else is, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I guess that works. Yeah. Yeah. But and it's funny, too, because I always see the, the Punisher as almost the American version of Judge Dredd, except the one, you know, because Judge Dredd's very black and white like the Punisher. I mean, yes. you know, you do any, yeah. any, you know, that sort of concept. Um, which those characters are fun but it only seems to be so much you can do with them because you can't ever change their attitude that you know if you do the crime you get the punishment yeah Yeah. i guess it depends as well on how the character focuses the 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 revenge part because i think that's why batman works so well because instead of saying i'm gonna revenge my parents it's like this whole city is broken yeah so i guess the focus focus is different that's how it keeps working because he knows that he's problem is very macro instead of this guy who shot at my mom and dad yeah yeah i mean i think it was a very very open-minded kid to realize it but yeah right yeah but the one he takes the micro well he takes the microcosm that is his issue and makes it the macrocosm of the city Mm -hmm. yeah i think there's a few characters i have 
that I one one characters a few characters I have that when they do stuff it really irritates me. Conan is one. I'm a huge Conan fan. There are times people reinterpret Conan and don't have him do what Robert E. Howard does to have that character. That gets under my skin. Yeah. When he actually joined the Marvel Universe, he's in modern day with guns or whatever. I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. I, it, there's just there's a lot of stuff with like I I really liked what Dark Horse did with the Conan series because I read yeah. the books and stuff too, and. Uh, but now they just like have him do all sorts of weird stuff. So that's definitely a character. And Judge Dredd's the other characters. Like, yeah, there's certain things like, yeah, it's that character. But but again, those characters are so one. Judge Dredd especially in The Punisher so one note. That's really easy to be like, yeah, they wouldn't do that. Because right. it's like there's only one thing about them. That's the cool thing. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And, and see, when you, I think when you have that reaction, like, you know, if you're watching watching a TV show or watching film you know, something you really like and you go, no, 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 no. I don't buy that. They wouldn't buy that. To me, that's when that's when the the writers have have made that mistake of taking the character out of, out of character, made them do something that that, that they wouldn't do. Um, see, Michael Lanning said, "I know Curtis, you're you're, you're chomping at the bit here." Yeah, I'm getting, yeah, I'm getting ready. Yeah, so so hold on to your thought here. Uh, see, Michael Lanning says, uh, "Like Drax saying after killing Ronan." Uh, he must kill Thanos. Whoops, hold on, these are scrolling up here. He must kill Thanos, so revenge kind of goes up a tier, and it never stops. Uh, yeah. Wubba says, mm-hmm. uh, step aside, Punisher and Dread. Martial law was the ultimate. <laughs> oh, yeah, martial law. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and then Oven says, hello, Silverline family. What's up, Oven? Okay, hello. Curtis, go. <laughs> You're on, okay. Curtis. Okay, no, um, so far we've been talking just about hero yes. changing. But yeah. why do people feel about when villains change? Like villains become anti-heroes, become the hero, become a partner, become you know all those things. What about that side of things? How do do you guys give a little bit more leeway? I actually get regard? irritated when they when there's a popular villain, say comics, movies, or whatever, and they're so popular, we need to like start making them sort of good. Yeah. That irritates me. I'm like because then you keep running out of good villains if you keep doing right. that. Stop doing that. Well, that was you know, kind of what bothered me from the suicide, the first Suicide Squad movie, because they yeah. kind of try to make this kind of incomprehended people, and it's like, no, these people are psychotic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they wouldn't try to understand <laughs> each other. But okay, yeah. maybe that's not now. Now, but I'm actually I'm very open to giving a new shot yeah. in characters. I, I like seeing. Uh, hey, but what if if it's good or not? I don't care. I, I like seeing and see what happens as long as the character stays loyal on the situation. Like, I'm open for that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's what made Venom interesting in the beginning because he was slightly deranged trying to figure out how to be a good guy mm. in the lethal I protector. I know some about Venom, but didn't Venom, did the symbiote have a mind of its own or was it really just the person who inhabited the symbiote was good or bad? Depending on who inhabited the symbiote. Was that really mattered? So if somebody good got the symbiote, they would be a hero more than the original guy. I think it's like a product that got it. Would be I evil. think it has its own consciousness. I, I think it does. Yeah. Kind of that, influences them. Yeah. Didn't he just want yeah. to eat? Yeah, or something like that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Tommy actually says Venom from Spider-Man, he's a good guy. Now he's a good guy. Yeah. But he, he wasn't. Yeah. He used to be yeah. a really crazy bad guy. I yeah, like yeah, so so Royal Airship says this. He said, villains making the change towards good are always a, a quasi-redemption story. Um, is there any comics where villain, the villain, uh, is there any comics where the villain is the protagonist? Um, 
And I, that's that, that was kind of my thoughts. I think when if a villain turns good, then isn't that what we want as human beings? Don't we? Yeah. And no. and of course, <laughs> Pete, no. <laughs> you need the, you need a bad guy. You need the bad guy. It's uh, so it's it's, it's, it's the uh, is it Scarface? Yeah. You need you need the bad guy. You need you need to look down at people like me. Yeah. 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 Strangely enough, uh, my comic Goblins, I do that. I actually flip my character from a protagonist to the person getting revenge upon. So I blur those lines, but I intentionally do it because I was always, I had that same idea. Like, is there ever a time where the good guy becomes a bad guy? And that now, now this person is getting revenge against him, but you feel for this guy. Why? And that's, that's what I did. So hopefully people will see that, but yeah. 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 I think it's funny I because like when, 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 when that happens, the, when you make the villain the bad guy, uh, the, the good guy, then you have to replace him with a new villain, like 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 Venom and Carnage. It's like, okay, well, all right, you you thought Venom was bad, you thought Eddie Brock was bad. Okay, now now here's it's just like Venom, but he's red. And it's yeah. and, and, and yeah. just kind of sometimes it comes across as a little cheap, you know? Yes. I, I think sometimes. You know? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I remember when I was a kid and I would see these like TV shows and stuff, and and the the, the hero was like completely overpowered by these one episode or two episode villain and he didn't know what to do. Assembly the the normal villain, the nemesis comes out and saves the hero and he looks like a hero and he's like, I didn't help you because I wanna be good. I did you because I wanna be the one who kills you. And it was like the most <laughs> badass thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, Joker did that one. That, that's so I Dragon Ball right that. there. <laughs> so yeah, Dragon Ball. Like, oh, he's like, no, I'm gonna have the chance to kill you. Even if that means I need to be the good now this means nothing. Right. I, I, that was one of my Strangely enough, there was a, a video game that actually inadvertently did that. The I don't know if you guys ever played the Uncharted games or, or new, but they'd actually talk oh, about yeah, I love Uncharted. The, yeah, the media would like you play this supposed to be this the treasure hunter Nathan Drake, and you're just a normal guy. But the amount of people you slaughter in that game, like somebody finally said, like, wait, this guy's just like a like a happy go lucky treasure hunter. He's killed over 150 people in the course of the games, more as you go through the series. And so you're just like, how is this guy still not one affected by this? And they, and they, in fact, they got to the point where the company was actually like, well, we can't figure out any other way to do it, but we know it really doesn't really work with the character when he's at this happy go lucky counter and he's just he's, he's slaughtering people. And oh so God. it was just kind of like, what do you do? You have to have some sort of gameplay. Right. Yeah. But when you create a character that's so believable, so normal, you start to question, like, well, would this character really do that? Right. So, yeah. And that's that's a good thing, though, right? As a consumer, yeah. if you can make the consumer start to question that, yeah, that's a good thing that you've done. I think as a creator, because because you you you've given that you you've created such a believable and realistic character that the consumer thinks they know them completely and totally, right? Right. Well, that game plays a lot with your emotions because in some occasions uh, they show you like a flashback the character did at some point. One of the characters tells you a flashback and they make you play the flashback. Like, I don't yeah. know, the character says, we were running away from, we were trying to do a, you know, escape, break out of the prison. And they make you play it and you're very into this character. And then you reach a point to the game where they tell you, no, that was a lie. So it's like, you made me run this prison believing this yeah. actually happened. I'm, I'm actually hurt. So yeah, 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 that's yeah. one of the cool things that make these games uh, so relatable as well. Like, did I do that? Because I didn't <laughs> want to do that. I didn't do it. Yeah. I mean, you, 
Oh crap! You know what I just thought of? Are you? Are you? Are you we, we don't have any artwork up. Ah, uh, see, I depend on Brett for this. Oh, Brett, Jesus. Uh, who, who, see what happens when we put Roland in charge. Uh, this of true. Oh. Uh, who, who wants to? You pop need to their pay up? your son more. <laughs> yeah. Uh, who wants to put their artwork up first? Let's see if I can figure out how to how to do this. He told me how to do it, but I'm not <laughs> sure. And then I'll... Uh, shouldn't it just be share screen? Oh, share a screen, sure. Yeah, well, I think it should just be share screen. Yeah, I, I get that part, but I'm not sure how he makes it happen to the live. Okay, all right, very good. Oh, perfect. I, I can go with that right there. I like that. All right, so... Yep, I see it. So um, let me get back to the comments here. Oh, well, um, Peter, you draw comics? Uh, in my spare time. Don't look at what Peter's doing. Don't look at what he, Peter's he, doing. Don't look at what Peter's time. doing. He's just a penciler. <laughs> I'm just penciler. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. So Wubba says, that's what's bothered me about the new X-Universe. All the hardcore villains are now on the X-Teams. Uh, yeah, that's a problem. Uh, I think we're going to see I... a huge swing in here in a minute. Some of the villains are going to go back to being villains. You know, it's funny. I I think I read the Claremont run, and after I literally, I was a huge X Men fan. But when Claremont left, I, I left, and I never went back. So I'm, I'd be curious to know. I've I, seen pictures of like Apocalypse is now like a yeah. good guy and stuff, and I'm. But uh, yeah, I was. I, I kind of read his. I read book. a little bit of stuff beyond Claremont, but but not a whole lot. Um, you know, it's it's funny uh, considering what characters do. I have this little story that I had a friend. Uh, you know how people always you watch horror movies and just believe like. Oh come on! No one's going to go into like you know. You hear a noise. There's a killer. They go. They do stupid things to get right. killed. Right? There was this video game called Until Dawn where you can make choices. You play these characters and you go through make choices who get killed. So my friend would complain nonstop that come on nobody would do this. And I, and I found this game. I'm like, okay, let's let let's put you to the test. Let's let's have you play this game and make these choices. I think she killed everyone but two. Oh so no! She, I'm like not as easy as it looks, is it? <laughs> I was giving her a hard time about it, but I was like, yeah. Because he would always like, oh, come on. And I'm like, well, they have to do stupid things or just, you know. it's I, Like, yeah. I just watched Poltergeist the other night. Oh, and yeah, I, that's I a good one. It's a, It still holds up really well, Go but ahead. there's still the stuff that family goes through. I mean, I oh. know that they're saving their daughter, but there's almost like a point where you just think that dad's going to go like, you know. We can make more kids. You know, I I'm a whole whole coward with the horror movies. I I am not really good with them, but my roommates would show me some of them, and they show me uh, the cabin in the woods. Oh one, yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. With Chris Hemsworth, it's all about the stupid things you do in horror movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. Then you end up the the plot twist. It's, it's really fun, but it's exactly about that because they yeah. try to go you know logical. And the other people was like, no, 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 they're going to stay together. We need to spread them out. Yeah. yeah. And it does, it goes exactly like that. It was pretty funny. Don't feel bad, funny. Sid. My wife will not watch uh, horror movies at all. She's like, nope, I don't want those in my brain. She goes, because if I lay down and go to sleep, that's what I'm going to be thinking and seeing, and I'm going to be hearing noises at night. She goes, nope, not me. You know, <laughs> oh, yeah. But you know what's funny? You... I know I've watched even more terrifying stuff, but only because it says horror in the description. I'm like, nah. <laughs> Yeah. I know. Yeah. I know. Not I've seen even more scary stuff, but it's <laughs> yeah. I have a I'm friend who, even if I describe movies. any horror movie, she gets scared. So I have to like, like seen this movie. She's like, "No, what's it about?" I'm like, "It's just scary, okay?" It's like, I know, like I'll <laughs> yeah. bother her if I describe it, so I have to be quiet about it. 
you know, but it is, it's interesting that, you know, you talk about what certain characters would do, but it's interesting horror movies seems to be the one genre that we don't question what the character would do. We question what somebody would do in real life. Yeah. yeah. I always yeah. think that's so interesting. Survival movies that would do. Somebody's stuck in the woods freezing. You're not going like, well, what would he do? You're like, well, what would you do? Or somebody realistic would do. I always find that like that transition yeah. to like, oh, that's not realistic to like, even if somebody makes a character. And I don't know if it has to do with the fact that it's one story. Like, yeah. if you do a legacy character like Captain America where he's been established, or like the Punisher, but if you do, like, a one-shot movie, those characters are established to a point, but still in the context, and when they do step outside of the movie, you'd be like, oh, yeah, but that's just a story. You wouldn't question a lot. It seems you question more motives with legacy characters that go for many, many years. Right. But maybe well, I'm wrong. And, well, no, I, I think that's right, because I think you I, I think you feel you know those characters yeah. better, right? Because you're you you've you've had time to get quote unquote get to know them, you know, and right. and, and 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 in reality, you know, people are like that too, right? I mean, you ever someone tells you something about somebody you know, and they say, yeah. "Oh, so and so did this," and you're like, "Wait, what? Really? Are you sure? I I know yeah. that person, and that that doesn't seem like them, right? I mean, you question it. Yeah, every serial killer ever." I, I, oh, yeah. How many serial killers do you know, John? <laughs> are, are you talking from personal experience? See, I'm John? part. Of, I'm part of the oh my! No, All right, so we got to let me guys... let me read a couple of these comments here. So uh, always just before Curtis speaks. <laughs> I can't, I can't Curtis. I'm patient. I'm patient. I'm patient. So so C. Michael says a Venom's drive was always revenge on Spider-Man. Really, it didn't go beyond that. The idea of the symbiote. Yeah. Uh, changing attitudes came later in the animated series. Spider-Man wanted to get rid of the costume because he realized it was alive. Yes, I, I remember that. Okay, that's right. It was. Yeah. It was yeah. overtaking him. Okay. Yeah, and then uh, Todd McFarlane will only do Spider-Man in his original suit. That's interesting. Hmm. Uh, Eric Dodson said, "Hi, y'all. Sorry I'm late. What did I miss? Well, dude, <laughs> everything. You missed uh, yeah, everything. you missed everything. All the all the best stuff happened at first, right?" <laughs> Cassisi uh, yeah. says, "LOL B." Okay, he started to type something and then he didn't finish. I think. Uh, Wubba says, "Apocalypse and Sinister are X Men now." Okay, now, really? Yeah, I find that Mr. weird. Mister Sinister is an X. Okay. Um, see, Michael says Claremont's the originator of the uh, redemptive villain Magneto. They yeah. changed it back uh, to his villainhood for Jim Lee's X Men. Um, Wubba says he was, but he wrote Sinister and Apocalypse as unshakable villains, pressing for their goals for mutants and power. Uh, C. Michael says, see, I miss the villain. I miss the villain where they're just villains, just that villains. Yeah. There's this definitive evil that needs defeating instead of a moral dilemma. Um, and I can, I can I'm kind of with him there. It's like you know, you think I, I like the, yeah, I, I like the. When you've got the good versus evil, I mean, this is a part of what are we are our draw to um, Star Wars and stuff is right. Yeah. I know we're not supposed to go into Star Wars mm-hmm. territory here because <laughs> people. Go, no, I, but I just, I, Tom, I, Tommy's I, not I live with us, so. <laughs> Curtis, is like, I... Curtis pulls out his like big packet of notes. Star Wars, huh? I have something to say. Like, he's going like, to do another slideshow like he did yeah. last time. It'd be a lot. <laughs> What, what I was what I was gonna say earlier is, um, have you guys ever seen uh, the anime uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure? I've heard good yeah, things crazy. about it. Has one of the best villains ever, where 
you know when you see a movie and like and like um like a James Bond movie where he'll put leave him on the table and the conveyor belt going towards the saw and then just leave the room and hope that yeah. he's gonna die. Well, like the villain in JoJo is amazing. There's this whole scene, not to spoil too much, where he thinks that the guy's dead, the guy's faking he's dead, and you literally see the villain walk across him and go, you know, maybe I should just cut his head off just to make sure. And you're like, yes, finally, that's that's the Somebody. villain I've been waiting for. You know, you know? that's the villain I've been waiting for. Yeah, true though. Yeah. Well, we just learned a lot about Curtis. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say hero; I said villain. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it's true. I always liked this duality as a kid of Magneto versus mm. uh, Savior. Yeah, because he was like these two have reasons to be what they are, and yet they're like friends, but not yet. Like this, they miss their friendship or whatever. And I now I've noticed lately, especially I don't want to, I don't want to give names, but I've seen a lot of Disney lately when they try to justify every single villain they make. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's like yeah, but I know we we are all obsessed stories but i miss this guy who just wants to see the world burn yeah yeah the psychotic one yeah 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 i kind of missed that at at this point at at first i I thought it was great but now i see it everywhere yeah yeah i think that's why the joker is still so popular because it's just he's just he's a force of nature i mean he's just just (laughs) well and i and i don't know this is this is uh my my statement is certainly that i'm about to make is not researched and uh you guys may may jump up and say no that's absolutely not true but um no feet goes dark it it it, yeah it seems to me like we we, we're, we're over the i don't know last decade or so there's been this shift to this like i don't want my bad guys to be bad i want them to be gray i want them to me you know uh, I want them to have mm-hmm. some redeeming qualities and and things, you know. And I and and I'm kind of like I'm kind of along the lines of, of, of Sid is like, you know, I kind of want my bad guys to be bad. I, you know, I I don't yeah. I want to be able to to cheer for the good guy to defeat the bad guy because the bad guy's bad. I don't want to go. Well, okay, he was bad, but his mama was hurting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like. <laughs> in that case is it like a balancing act you know because i know sometimes people do it because they're trying to give the the villain texture and and nuance should they without them being a full-blown cliche i mean is that a is that a balancing act or or do you not even start to delve into that because that might lead the viewer to sympathize with the villain i mean what what, what do you think yeah it's uh yeah i don't know i i'm trying to remember some of my favorite like just you know, villains. I think one of my more favorite villains, just because I thought he was cool, was Agent Smith from The Matrix. Just because. Uh, yeah. He's a he was, Yeah, he was just. Evolved. Yeah. I love him. But, I um, think Megatron could be a good example. Yeah. Megatron is a great. Um, yeah, in that, the comics, they tried to make him into this character more like a Spartacus type of thing. Like, I was a miner and then a, a prisoner, and now I revenge kind of a thing and yeah. but in the latest series they show him like yeah i have this origin but you can clearly see that he became more of like a dictator type of guy so he's like i'm still back to the core kind of a thing yeah I like even though if you do it, I just like like megalomaniacs or whatever. That's what <laughs> yeah. I liked about that oh character. That God. he's just like, no, I'm right, you're wrong, and 
and I'm going to prove it. You know, I don't, the only thing I can think of, Roland, is I wonder if people do that just in case, like, well, if this character becomes popular, we can keep this little, like, this little exit to make him good. You know, and if that's the case, ugh. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> you know? But you often wondered if that's the case. Well, if this guy becomes, we can, like, you know. Because you can't sell villains to kids, I guess. I guess you got to turn the villains. To the so kids. the Harley Quinn effect. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, as you guys might imagine, there's a stream of comments going on here now. Uh, C. Michael says, yes, Roland, uh, gray villains, yuck. Sometimes, but not always. Okay, Cassisi has a good question Sometimes. here. And, and, and I, I'm going to... I'm going to hold his until last, and we'll come back and talk about it. But Tommy uh, says, bad guys are just misunderstood. Ha, ha, ha. Uh, Stephen Brown says, one of my favorite villains is Mr. Freeze. Um, I love them. Yes, <laughs> yeah. Every I, one. Yes. I, I, I do, too. <laughs> says, my villains, should be, my villains should be Carnage and Joker insane fico- psychos or Lex Luthor greedy power hungry. I don't think, uh, C. Michael says, I don't think so. Harry Potter of Voldemort was just evil. Skeletor, Mumra. Heck, even Gargamel. Uh, oh, God. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, says, true. I think I just a, think... All right, so, problem, though. So Cassisi asked this question, all right, and, and, and we'll, let's talk about this. He says, doesn't the gray villain draw a bigger audience? What do you guys think? Well, I think um, people like to be related, and people like feeling that their flaws are not that, like, I don't know, they... People like projecting. Everybody likes projecting. I feel like, oh, that's me. The, uh, the, the, re- the reason I liked uh, Infinity War so much is because I actually sided with Thanos because he made a very good argument. I thought, yeah, no, he's right. Uh, <laughs> uh, we should get rid of half the universe. It makes sense. <laughs> and, okay, um, let's not. We're not giving Peter the glove. Or the gauntlet. We're not giving it to me either. The bad guy. He, uh, you know, he. He was doing it for the right. He's he he thought he was the good guy. He was doing it for what he thought was the right reason. I, I like that. Uh, you get your, your characters like Joker and great. They're, they're great. They're insane. But not every. I don't think every bad guy should just be bad because they're crazy or they're just like killing people. And I think it depends on the context of the story you're well, telling. I do. My I, my and, but my I, and I actually think that is gray. But the way the story's set up, it's meant to be that way. But I actually think one of the things Pete said, he hit on one, I think, one of the important things about the character is that Thanos thought he was doing the right thing, Mm. right? I mean, it's not like, I, I, you know, here's, and maybe you guys can can say, no, Roland, you're wrong. I don't believe that there's anybody who says, I'm going to be evil today. Now... Mm. We might point lot. We might point lots of fingers and say, "But, but this person, but this person, but this. I don't believe that if we were to look at any evil person that that history kind of unanimous, unanimously says is evil. Let's just let's just name one. One of our favorite evil persons in history, Hitler. Right? Yeah. I don't think if we were to sit down and speak with Hitler, he thought he was being evil. I no. I think no, he that saving the world. He thought, yeah, yeah he, he thought he was doing. The thing he needed to do for for him. Well, he actually, he actually they, said that the rest of the religious, world would thank but... him. Yeah, he actually said the rest of the world would thank him for yeah. what he's going to do. I mean, he yeah. literally but, thought that. So I think it's like that 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 stereotypical thing where they say the villain's the hero of his own story, right? But yeah. the risk, but the risk yeah. is always is make sure that the villain isn't the hero of this story. Yes. You know? and, yeah. And and I and, and personally, my my thought on evil is is like you're saying nobody goes up and says I'm going to be the bad guy. It's who draws that line and who crosses it. So it's not what their intention is; it's mm. what their action in the spirit of that intention. And that, I think that's 
I think that's what's the most interesting is the hero and the villain. You could have them go through the exact same circumstances, but what they choose to do about it is what characterizes them as a as a villain or a or a hero. You know, that's that's just my take. Yeah. Tom Tommy says Thanos. See, he just misunderstood. Just trying to fix the problem. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah, he's doing. He's doing the. He's trying. Oh, no, no, I'm, I'm all for it. <laughs> you know, uh, I on Infinity War. I still feel a little. <laughs> I still feel a little like something's off with this Thanos. I like that, you know, that he's got this duality thing. But I always felt like I'm missing something of this almighty powerful character. And then they come up with Endgame, where where he's like you know what i see that the guy from my the past tried to do this thing that didn't work now i understand i just she just vanished everything and for me it was like yeah that's the guy i knew and i think that's great that you could come like this realization that's that's the sole point i never i never i never could get thanos's plan I, i i remember thinking in the movie i really thought that plan through and i'm like well, this is a stopgap at best because everyone's just going to multiply. Yeah. And I'm like, if you yeah. had the gauntlet to do anything, why didn't you just wish for renewable resources that never run out? Yeah, twice the food, you know? I mean, yeah, you like, know. I never understood, like, why he had to kill about this. Which, of yeah, course... Yeah, because I was just like, this guy's not very smart. I don't know. I mean, he's, he's not really thinking this through. <laughs> like, like then one of her servants, like, no, this is kind of a flawed plan. Let, let, let's do the math on this. And, you know, just, just the show. And, uh, because I was like, you know, like rabbits, things multiply fast, you yeah. know. <laughs> Which, of course, reminds me of one of my one of my all time favorite short stories. Any of you guys read "To Serve Man"? Yes. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> great, great, great short story. One, of, one of my all time favorites. Cassisi says, and regardless of a hero and villain, or hero and villain, choices yield consequences. Seeing and reading those consequences is the interesting part and, and I, I think that's right I think it's all about the consequences you make a choice and they have consequences and that's what we want to see as consumers of the of the, of the entertainment right <clears throat> do you now do you guys feel more do you get more into a movie if somebody makes a choice hero or villain and you're questioning whether or not you would make that same choice or do you just not like sometimes I watch movies and when people make choice I'm like ah, would I do yeah that usually and that usually means I'm I'm getting into the show whatever yeah. or the comic i'm getting more into it but i mean it's never like and I, I enjoy like you know villains like the joke or whatever but i'm never going like would i kill 100 people for fun <laughs> yeah no I mean, yeah no no so i mean there's always those those ones that it's inter- you. you know you know for the you understand that you know antagonizing the villain i mean the hero but it was nothing i never you know question or whatever but some of those i mean i understand like sometimes i I mean i think anime and manga sometimes the classic for this like everybody everybody in manga wants to destroy the earth to prevent war that's like the common thing and i'm like (laughs) and i'm like yeah just like evangelion is the most existential thing you're gonna read or watch and it still doesn't have an ending really that's the problem with it (laughs) (laughs) hardly a good ending yeah. yeah. Oh no, it doesn't have a good ending. No, no. Royal Airship says on the Wednesday crew, we suggested that comic and movie companies have a continuity manager who had a final say over character decisions and arcs. 
this creating more jobs for all of us. I can't speak to movie movie companies, but I, I it's, it's absolutely certain that well, I don't know if they still do, but there was there's very much continuity managers at at uh, Marvel and DC, and and cer- certainly I don't know, I don't know that they still do what they did like you know when when we were there, Curtis, but w- very much. Very I'm thinking they don't. There was a committee for, if I understand it correctly, at, at Marvel Studios, and they used to have comic book people like Joe Quesada and all those guys on it. So for the films, big, yeah, but okay. then there was some big shakeup. I don't know the details, but at some point, uh, you know, the man in charge, Kevin Feige, ended up getting sole autonomy over it, and that that council was like disbanded or something like that. I had heard. I think I actually remember hearing back. that. Yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. you know, one of the things that we used to always kind of say as an editor, okay, it. it the editor, you know, the company has entrusted me with this pro. Okay, you, this is this property, whether it be Spider Man or 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 Sludge or Prototype, right? This is the property you you have given it. You've entrusted me, the company, to take care of this piece of property, right? And so when I then talk to the writer, it's like, okay, writer, I'm I'm giving this to you. I am going to make sure because the company has entrusted it to me, I'm going to make sure that you take care of this character. And so you've got to give him back to me in the same condition that I give him to you in. Right? And so that was one of the that was one of the, the key components that we always thought you hey look, you're gonna play with this character, but when you're returning to me, right, when you're done telling your stories, you've got to give him back to me in the same condition that I give him to you in, right? So it's just like I lend, yeah, not broken, yeah. I loan you my toy, don't break him, right? Yeah. You know, strangely, and and, char- and speaking of characters, characters it wouldn't do, uh, and the same thing with you writing. It, do you guys have any character out there that you would find really hard to write because of the way their character is and you couldn't change him? One would Superman yeah. would always be one that would be very hard. One, nothing can really hurt him, so you usually have to figure out emotional way. But Superman is again is a very structured kind of. I'm not saying this to be you know mean to it, but it is kind of a one note character. So sometimes it's. I always think like the story. I've thought about like, man, he would be hard. He'd be a little hard to write for me at least. Yeah. Now maybe other writers would totally get that, but I've often. I don't know if you guys have any comments on that. You know, I I think the biggest thing is is everybody's trying to make a name for themselves, and that's cool. But sometimes they forget that they're in service of the story. They're in service right. of the character. And so this, this constant idea of reinventing the wheel all the time just for sake of reinventing the wheel. And it's just such so an ego trip. I wish, I wish more people would just try and tell a good story. You know? Yeah, right. um, but, it, but I mean, I think we're seeing it across the, the, the uh, media landscape right now. Everybody's getting these phenomenal properties and just, okay, let me do my version of it where I just dismiss right. everything else. And it's like, that's not why you were given that property. You know, yeah. if, if, if I'm going to make spaghetti and meatballs and, you know, I make it with, you know, <laughs> pineapple and yogurt. It's not spaghetti and meatballs anymore. You know, I'm sorry. Just, you know, yeah. I mean, I yeah. mean, I, it's the same thing. It's just I don't, I don't right. get why reinvention has to happen. Well, it's funny, often. you know, because the DC fandom thing just, just happened and, and they dropped a bunch of trailers. And one of the things I saw was with the uh, the director uh, James Gunn. Is that who does uh, Suicide Squad? Suicide yeah, yeah, yeah. And one of the things he said is that, "Hey, I'm getting to do this story my way." And my first my first thought was kind of that, Curtis. My first thought was kind of, "Well, you know, but it's a DC thing, so shouldn't you shoot it? Shouldn't you 
do your thing the DC way, <laughs> you know, yeah. and not just the James Gunn way. I don't know. Well, it's, it's, I think... it's like when, when Bernie Wrightson drew Batman uh, when he appeared in Swamp Thing, right? That was like, it's still Batman. Yes. But he would exaggerate things. The, 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 the ears were taller. The right. cape would go crazy. And it was distorted, but it was still the, the essence of the character right. was there. So we, yeah. we can frame it in somebody else's lens, but, but if you change the character too much, why are we even bothering giving you this character? Right. You know? yeah. Do you think Stranger I don't know if that movie's going to be good or not. I just want to see Polka Dot, man. <laughs> hey, hey! We had a chance. I, I to... did not expect it, so I was like, "Okay, I give it to." Uh, John Martin and I had a chance to meet uh, David Desmaschalian uh, two years ago in Memphis. The guy, the Ooh. the actor who's playing Polka Dot Man, and uh, cool. Is he a cool guy? Yeah, oh, cool. super oh, cool. He's pretty cool. Yeah, we got a picture with him and everything. Super cool guy. I'm so excited. Yeah, everybody yeah. want to watch it. <laughs> um, uh, Sid, Sid, are you drawing? You 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 already? Um, I'm. You wanna as like machine drawing, more like chilling drawing, rendering, and working on pages. I'm, so, I'm working. Uh, so you wanna you wanna you wanna boot Pete and uh, <laughs> stream your art? <laughs> we'll be an I'm having it a nightmare. <laughs> yeah, yeah so... Pete. I think I've had enough of your mafia boss guy at the desk i think i'm all done with that let's, oh, let's go i'm glad you know he's a mafia boss i'm doing something right <laughs> yes that's right <laughs> the thing is when it's penciled he's going to be mostly in shadow so i'm putting all this out i don't know why i'm making this up <laughs> <laughs> i'm figuring out what he looks like because i know he's going to reappear at some point oh, yes yeah it helps do you strangely enough think i mean when you're talking about like canyon properties over do you do you guys still yearn for more individual stories? Because that's kind of one of sometimes one of my problems with like I, I guess I would say maybe mostly movies and TV is everything has to deal with the franchise or property, which kind of tie people in the specific stories. And I would still would love to see you know unique oh, stories wow. like Christopher Nolan or stories that are just doing like no we want to tell completely different stories instead of. Always going into the story, going like, "Well, it's just going to adhere to the properties. It's going to be what we want or need," and uh, that's been a lot of my problem. Especially when I see so many of the same sort of stories done over and over again, I'm like, "Man, you know." I mean, the Joker, for instance. I mean, they, the, he said the Joker, and like when he made that, he's like, "You know, why did you put the Joker in there?" He's like, "That movie was never written for the Joker. We put him in because we knew no one would see it unless you put it in there." Huh. Wait, said the, that. the director well, so said that about the Joker movie. Yeah, he said if he did not, they decided to put the Joker in because they knew if they just made that a standalone movie without the Joker, no one would see it. But since they put the Joker in there, (laughs) that's what it was. And it was. I mean, the funny thing is, is you watch that movie and you literally don't need the Joker in it. It's it's completely superfluous storytelling. And it was, it's, it was kind of almost a depressing sign of our times. Like, really, we can't get really good stories unless somebody puts in some sort of property or something in there. Because I'm just well, like, like now, because I'm just like, man, what would that story? That's why I, they had this whole the whole Batman connection, didn't they, to Thomas Wayne and had him. Yeah, he wasn't needed. He didn't need to be Thomas Wayne. No, it could have been. Just, just trying to make a Batman connection, it just didn't work. Yeah, I thought the acting was superb, but yeah, the acting and stuff was great, but it was almost <laughs> one of these things like, I mean, the Joker was in there to get people to buy tickets. Yeah. And it's kind of sad. This I think that's kind of like here's another guy. He's like, yeah, my vision was hamstrung because people won't see things unless there's a 
an already established franchise in the movie or property or in the movie or story mm-hmm. which i'm like really that's kind of depressing well i mean that that, yeah. that that may be a slightly um i mean that may be something that we see in in lots of places right because yeah. how many um you know you you Aaron, you've probably done enough shows to know. Now, I will say this: I think I think the attitudes are changing, but still, yes. you go to a show as a as an independent comic book maker. You go to a show and someone walks around to your booth; they're looking to see if you did Spider Man or Batman. Yes, you know that's what they're looking for. And so, I, I you know, my argument might be, and I don't know that this is the 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 answer that you're wanting or looking for. My argument might be: it's the same way for film. Is that okay? Well, he could have done a movie about a taxi driver but who's going to who's going to go watch it but if he does a uh, uh, does a movie about joker then he can increase his audience true but the counter argument to that is is you're never going to get anything like star wars indiana jones or any of those classics we consider franchises now because those people did their own things at that time you're not having that anymore and I actually watched the guy who played Falcon in the uh, Civil in the Civil War Marvel movies talk about that. He said, would Goonies ever get made? He's like, no, Goonies never be made today. You will never get these movies. So in that oh, argument, yeah. you're not going to get any new franchises. So are we just going to milk the ones we have forever? Unless you get people to go see things and take a chance on stuff. Yeah. So there's yeah, a kind of argument to like all those well, things. But I agree with you that yeah. that's what they're doing. But I think it's... I mean, because there's lots of unique things that come out of just, you know, strange enough, maybe streaming services. There's lots of weird things that come out of streaming channels. Maybe that's our go-to for really yeah. original. Probably well, that's what got movies like Parasite to get where it was. Yeah. And I think that's uh, that's where you're in, that's where your independent comics are, right? Exactly. Wubba says, Sludge is the character I've always... Oh, because I mentioned Sludge. Sludge is a character I've always wanted to do, but will never get a chance to. Sadness. Well, remember you and I talked about this one thing, right? So it's not sludge, but it could be sludgy. Okay, that's sludgy. enough. Uh, <laughs> and Tommy says, "Ooh, Trump's pages." Pointers. <laughs> yeah, that's looking really good. My boss allowed good. me to share them, so you know. What? What's that? My my boss allowed me to share them. So <laughs> yeah. Nah, this is not illegal. <laughs> no. Those look really good. You, you didn't get the email this this season desist letter he just sent you. You didn't, yeah, you right. didn't get that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, they're, they're, they're looking great. Uh, Thank um, you. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, Royal Airship says Swamp Thing. The TV series gave me nightmares as a kid, but I'd love to see it brought back. Well, did they just do a new Swamp Thing? I didn't see it. The, but, uh, the yeah, season, like one season. season. Yeah, it's really good. It's really I've good. heard it's really yeah. good. But it came um, and they went canceled like that. it. Yeah. yeah. I think they um they blew their budget by quite a way. Really? Like, like, we're not um we're not making another one of these. Because didn't Blue Devil show up in uh, an episode? Yeah. 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 yeah they and didn't plan. They, they had quite a few characters in there. Um, and see, I, I don't get Xanadu. the uh, it's a DC. It was the DC Channel, wasn't it? DC Universe. Yeah. 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 See, I don't get that. So I I I, I would have watched it, but I, I don't. I don't get it. Well, I no, think no all one's that gonna, no one's going to get it soon. It's all going to HBO Max, isn't it? Yeah, that's yeah. what I've heard. Yeah. Zach. You know, I was going to add something about like what um, Aaron was saying about, you know, the changing characters and stuff. I think I think that's fine. I find so interesting is the best time somebody gets on a property, they put an existing character in a different scenario, mm. a unique scenario and a unique adventure. 
that and and that's where we bring up nuances in the character. It doesn't change the character, but it seems yeah. like everything's backwards now. Where you take a character, you put them in the same situation, but you change the character and what they would do in that situation, yeah. Yeah. And, and call it storytelling. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just kind of strange. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, somebody I forget who now maybe Aaron uh, uh, talked about um, Superman a little bit earlier, and and my problem with Superman because you I think you were talking about what 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 you would have a hard time doing. My problem with Superman is that I think I would enjoy writing Superman as Superman was originally created in the 1940s. Um, so so the, enjoying the idea of working around the already established perimeters and, and enjoy that. I can see that. Yeah, like, but, yeah. but what happened, you know, uh, in the 1950s, they, they just gave him powers that were just stupid. And in the 1940s, yeah. you know, he, he couldn't even fly in the 1940s. He had the ability to yeah. leap tall buildings in a single bound. And and so I that. yeah, and so <laughs> um, yeah, Sid, you should look up if you haven't already seen them. Uh, you should look up the the Fleischer cartoons. There's oh, oh yeah, so there's there's about a dozen Wait. of them, ten or twelve, something like that. Yeah. Oh yeah, they're fantastic. Oh they're, man, they're, they're so good. Yeah, yeah, um, they're worth it. Even to this day, they're yeah. still good. I mean, but yeah, I don't know if you got WalMarts down there, but you can uh, you, you can you find. Don't. You don't? I'm sorry. I, I, You know, I can find – I have – okay, so here's a secret, and, and my wife can't hear me. So I buy these little – every time I go in there, right, I see these these Fleischer cartoons, uh, DVDs, five bucks. I'm like, five bucks? I have to have it, right? <laughs> and, and she's like, don't you already have all those? Yes, but not like this, not on this disc, like this. And so I, I've got like four or five of the, of the Fleischer DVDs of Superman. Uh, yeah. But there's only like huh. a there's only like a dozen episodes, but you can pick them up for like five bucks at a Walmart. Yeah, the the Batman oh, yeah. animated series was really you can see really had a lot of like homage to the Flesher Superman cartoons that I really liked. So yeah, that's really, why really yeah. like you talking about Batman from the ninety two from the early nineties, right? Yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah mm-hmm. that one you can see a lot of homage to yeah. the old Flesher cartoons. Yeah, they were great, and yeah, because I mean Superman was based on that was it the Ubermensch. The uh, ultimate human. Yeah. So, um, so Superman. So there's there there's. All right. Oh. This is something Uh-oh. I. Oh, did, <laughs> I, did I step in? I guess I stepped yeah, no, no, in. No. Yeah, I, no. So so there's a guy. There's a, a writer by the name of uh, Philip Wiley. He wrote a book and that was published in 1929 called Gladiator. Okay. If you read Gladiator today, you will swear you're reading a Superman book. Okay. I kid you not. Ooh. Yes, he has a fortress of solitude. He does things that Superman. He's not an alien. Okay, that's the big difference. The the gladiator. <laughs> right. Gladiator is a product of science. Uh, his his father uh, was a scientist and injects his pregnant wife with a serum, and then uh, Hugo, the son, is born with super strength. Um, but it is it is a fan and it is a fantastic story and I'll tell you the way I discovered it, uh, Curtis. In about ninety one, I think Tom Mason. I was begging for work from Malibu, and Tom Mason said, "Hey, we've got a, an adaptation uh, for an old novel. If you want to do, I'm just, sure. What is it?" And it was called Gladiator. I wrote a six issue adaptation of Gladiator that uh, Howard Porter, I think, did. Uh, one issue for, and it never got published. Part of the reason it never got published is Howard Porter did not deliver on the art. It was so terrible. It was so bad. He wow. generally he was he did good art, right? 
But when he submitted this stuff for for Gladiator, the first issue, it was like, yuck, what in the world is going on? It was just nasty. Wow. Yeah. So, so... That's interesting. I didn't know So that. here's the deal, though. So Siegel and Schuster were actually asked about this multiple times, okay? Now, there's contradicting information because on one hand, they say, yeah, yeah, we read that book. We're familiar with it. It didn't have anything to do with our it was Superman. And then later it was like, no, we've never heard of the book. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's interesting. I, it the, is, the, isn't it? The documentaries I've heard he was based more on, which I'm sure he was part of the influence, but that's of course, a definite. Yeah. 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 Uh, just out of curiosity, since you've seen so much of Flesher cartoons, that he didn't use his eye lasers in that. That didn't come until much later. No, huh? Yeah, he was just pretty much, he could fly, but he's yeah. pretty much a strong man. Yes. In, yeah. in the Speaking Flesher of those cartoons, cartoons have you guys seen somebody went in and did a 4K restoration? <gasps> those are beautiful. Oh yeah, my gosh! Like some crazy restoration. Of yes, and, and, yeah. And gave it away. Man, it's, it's, as soon as I saw that, I sent the link to my my good buddy Stephen Butler. I'm like, dude, you got to see this because we used to watch those a lot when when uh, we were roommates. It's like you got to watch these; they're gorgeous. Yeah, yeah it's still really I, it's it's funny because I still see some cartoons, American made cartoons, with the animation set part. And I look at flesh, and I'm like, come on, man, look at this. How old? I mean, I know you can do better animation because I'm looking at somebody who did it how many years ago? I know, like, like 80 years ago? ago now? Yeah. So don't give me that. Well, we're saving budget. Nah, nah, nah. You can no, no, no. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Sid, you should you should definitely look, look it up. They're, they're um, well worth seeing. Yeah. Will do. Yeah, how do we get off on Superman I, I, I think you know, we were talking about writing him, and then you were talking. And then I, she, I, oh yeah, that's right. So, so Aaron, I, I do. Um, so here's the deal: if you go and if you if you read um, Gladiator, which I recommend you do. So when I in the early '90s, when I was trying to find Malibu, didn't supply me with a book. I had to go buy it myself. Here was the problem in in '91, right? In '91, it was a rare book. You couldn't find it. I paid a hundred. It's the most I've ever paid for a book. <laughs> I paid 120 bucks for the book, right? Guess what? If wow. you go if you go to Amazon right now, you could probably find it for a buck ninety nine digital. <laughs> uh, that's always the way it is. But if you read it, here's 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 my warning to you. If you read it, you got to remember it was published in 1929. It reads very much like a Great Gatsby kind of book. Yeah. Um, I'm not Ooh. I'm not I'm not equating it to the Great Gatsby. I'm just saying it reads that sort of. Like it's written in that era. Yeah, I like a lot of that because I, I read a lot. Of, you know, I used to read a lot of Lovecraft. It's written in the twenties and yeah. his language, and I, I like a lot of the stories. They just had a a, a different way of writing that's very unique. Yeah. Sometimes it fits the stories really well, and uh, you know. So I think, and I think uh, Conan was well. Conan was written in the twenties too. Yeah, Lovecraft and him yeah. were friends. They never met each other, but they were uh, pen pals. Pen pals. So I was saying the earlier stage. Yeah. There's a new series out here called Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. Is that pretty good? It's really good. Really? I remember the trailer of it. Maybe. I saw, the only thing I've seen lately, I did see The Color Out of Space with Nicolas Cage. And the, he did a decent job. I mean, I, I like Lovecraft. The same thing with like Lovecraft and Conan. I get very picky when people translate it. I don't know. That's just my own personality quirk. But Lovecraft, especially like, there's certain things I like about it. And, and, and I think, Lovecraft especially is incredibly hard to translate the visual because so much of it is what you don't see and every visual medium wants to show it and so it kind of ruins it for me. So yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Sometime one of our topics we may have to do. Uh, why do the British make such good TV? Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, we kind of ran out of steam there, didn't we? Um, (laughs) 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 we we tell the characters you guys say it would be hard to to translate. Let's let's stick out of from the because when you ask the question at first, my first thought was uh, actually uh, only because I'm a Transformers fan, but for me, anything with Optimus Prime would be a big challenge because. Why? Yeah. Every time they try to do something different with him, it's like he keeps making the same mistakes, kind of a thing. And yeah, he's a very one note. Yeah. Yeah, think... it is like freedom is it right? It's like we know, we know. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> funny what, too because <laughs> I think all the stories in Transformers about everyone but Optimus Prime, he's in the background. They don't really focus. Like yeah. They focus on Bumblebee and other characters because he is a very one-note character. It's like, gee, I wonder what he's going to do in this situation. <laughs> and uh, that's why I... Okay, so things out of character in the, one of the Transform movies when he actually brutally killed Megatron, <sighs> I felt that was a little out of character for him. Yeah, that strangely was... enough. Jesus. Well, what I thought was really was when they made Megatron like weak in the movies. I'm like, no, this guy is like, like the most powerful. I mean, he's like terror an absolute terror whatever but it's uh, gonna be yeah. hard to but, make you know. good transformer stuff in the last few years or probably there probably there was never an actually well properly good transformer stuff i think it's just no. nostalgia what makes transformers so lovable it's just fun it's fun I, I had a a family member who's like well i'm going to show my kids the transformer cartoons after the movies she came back later and said those things were awful. And I'm like, well, yeah, they made this whole toys to kids. You're not looking at fine literature here. I mean, I, I mean they're I, not made for adults I love at all. Transformers. It's, Transformers is like my favorite franchise. It's what makes yeah. me get into robots. It's what I draw the most. All my wall here is full of Transformers bullshit. But it's just, you got to accept it, man. This, it's not, like you say, it's not literature. So you <laughs> like robots, so yeah, huh? See, I was a big fan of uh, uh, Robotech. <laughs> I love Transformers, but I was a big fan of Robotech. Which I doesn't get Robotech enough love. I have, a, um, I have a, a Voltron piece, and I have to make you feel it. Uh, it's a Voltron fighting King Ghidorah from Godzilla. Oh, yeah. It's just like, that's the mightiest thing ever. I love this. Make it. Right. Yeah, and the robots is like my main thing. I love technology. I love everything related to like mechanical stuff. Cassisi says he loved the original movie. Draw. Are you talking about? Oh, he cried. Cassisi says he loved the original uh, mm-hmm. Transformers movie, and he cried when Optimus died. I think I every really kid did. Like it. Yeah, everyone did. Yeah. And the music is amazing. <laughs> I saw it in the yeah. theaters, and when that happened, I was like, "Well, he's going to come back at the end of the movie." And then Rodimus <laughs> Prime shows up, and you're like, "What the?" I've seen I've seen documentaries on that because they were like, "Look," and they said, "Like, look, all we were trying to do was we we wanted to have a new toy line because the toy lines came from Japan, so this completely yeah. different toy line." And so, like, well, we need to wipe out the old toys so we can bring in and sell these new toys. And so they said the best way to sell these new toys is literally slaughter everyone in the old toy line, and that's exactly what they did. They killed, and and, and can you imagine being a kid in the theater and you're like. They're killing everyone. Oh, they did, and they brutally slaughtered him. It was just like it was like, and it was funny because one of the documentary director was like, "Yeah, maybe that wasn't the best idea." <laughs> they had kids who were crying who wouldn't come out of their rooms because they killed Optimus Prime. I mean, I mean, they were riding in, going like, "Why did you do this?" 
Yeah, so, so it, it wasn't. It wasn't an animated movie. It was a snuff film. Is what you're saying? <laughs> it literally was. <laughs> and it then was... you have these new kids seeing this Optimus Prime that all their parents love, and it's just slaughtering Megatron and stealing his face. And you're like, what is wrong with my parents liking this? Yeah, CC says, yeah, that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Uh, and Oven well, said uh, he loves the Gundam uh, franchise. Oh, Gundam! Oh, oh yeah. It's, Throw me any giant robot. It's my favorite. You know, speaking of weird things on that Transformer movie, there was they after that because they were going to make all these animated movies. They were making a GI Joe movie animated yeah. after that same company, and the Duke, oh, wow. the main character in that cartoon, was supposed to die. Duke was, and when they got such huge backlash from Optimus Prime, they're like, "We'll just make him go in a coma and wake him at the end." They they because <laughs> like we're not doing this again. You can't die. But yeah, they learned their lesson the hard way with Transformers. It was like, yeah, that was oh, funny. Well, I, I didn't know until recently that the the black outfit that spider-man had was because of the the secret wars toy line i didn't i yeah, thought that line, yeah yeah i didn't know yeah. that until recently it was like oh wow really that's fascinating i, I, that that well. I listened to the um the rob liefeld uh, you, you're listening to it too yeah yeah i started listening to it today good, right? yeah. yeah yeah it's very interesting. interesting yeah and and um when he talks about his life story you know he had a a certain reputation at times, but but you hear his life story, you know, you you kind of feel for the guy, you know. So listen, what is this? Is I, this like a, I'm a, a Rob YouTube fan. thing? It's um, yeah. what they yeah. call it? Um, Rob podcast podcast observations. Observations, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, well, Roland, I don't know if you remember the the first Comic Con I went to with you, like back in the mid '90s. And again, this is the funny thing. I was like 15 years old. We went to a bar. Figure that. And um, so I was I was at the bar, and all the image guys were at a table. So it's Eric Larson, yeah. Todd McFarlane, you know, Rob Liefeld, all of them. And I was scared, pantless, we'll say. And you guys were so cool. You said, go and tell them you're from Malibu. Go, go run over. So I went over there, and I told them, I said, I'm from Malibu, and I love your guys' stuff and all that. And, you know, of all of them, Rob Liefeld was so cool. He yeah. drew a picture for me, and he was just, just the nicest. Listen, you know what? Yeah. Rob, Rob gets a lot of grief. Um, and, 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 you know, I, I, I always try to say, that, okay, there are two things that you can talk about. If you're going to talk about Rob, there's two things you ought to talk about. One, you can talk about his art. And if you're going to talk about his art, make sure you're just talking about his art and not Rob as a person, okay? Yeah. You know, he always gets grief for not drawing the feet and all that kind of stuff and, and whatever. The other thing is, if you're going to talk about Rob as a person, I have never seen Rob badmouth anybody, talk, you know, talk trash. And maybe he has. I'm not saying he, ha- he hasn't. I'm just, I've never seen, every time I've ever talked to Rob or spoken to Rob, he's always been incredibly nice, incredibly generous. That's awesome. You know, he's, he's just a nice guy. And so when I see Rob getting grief, I'm like, you know, let's chill out a little bit. Because if you're going to give somebody grief, John, no comments from you. If you're going to give someone grief, give it to someone who deserves it. John, you know who I'm thinking about, but don't say it. Let's not go there. <laughs> what? Huh? What? <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, there there are people who, des- who, who I shouldn't say deserve grief. Um, but there, there I think... I'll I'll chime in on the Rob Liefeld giving him grief thing. I think some of the grief that he gets is because some sometimes when he opens his mouth about some things, it seems more like he's trying to stay relevant more or less than him giving his opinion. You know, the, is it the, here's the thing I I got to say about that. What do you care? So what? <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. But I just see a lot of folks like, oh, here he goes opening his mouth again, and I'm like, yeah. 
Dude, I wish I had. I, I hope when I've been in the industry as long as he has, I still have the same amount of passion. Yeah. So you, the thing, the thing I always say, you know, and, and about those image guys, and, and we can, you know, there are seven of them, so there's a, a big range of them, and we've really straight off topic here. Um, <laughs> they. They had right. they had something they had a mystique about them. Rob yeah. Rob was one of the more powerful ones as far as Rob had some kind of mystique in his art that fans liked, and so you can talk about you know you don't like him, he can't draw feet, whatever. All of those things don't really matter because the greater fandom liked Rob and liked his work, and so. Yeah. You know, when the you're only thing, when you're trying to sell oh, comics, that's that's kind of what matters. You know, I actually liked Rob Liefeld's stories because I always thought they were like balls to the wall action. Yeah, I always liked that. Uh, straight up, his drawing, the drawing never. I understood like he has a specific style. The only thing that surprised me about Rob is I've never. He's, he's his artwork has never changed. I'm not going to say improve or get worse. It's not, <laughs> but it's never changed. Yeah. And you would think like as somebody who draws as much as like he has, he would you would see some sort of change, but you don't. And there's other artists like this. I'm not just picking on Rob. There's right. other artists like this that you just draw and draw and draw, and it's like. But you don't accidentally figure like, oh, that's how you like, like Rob, like, oh, that's, that's how you draw feet. It out. Look, <laughs> you just figure it out. It's like he yeah. just, and I'm just like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I mean, I'm not. I mean, I could sit there and badmouth Rob's art because yeah, sure has problems like everyone else. It's, it's making more money than me, so what the hell do I have to say about it? You know, I mean, it's like, you know, you know, there's, there's a lot of jealousy, you know, that that to this day. And, yeah. And I don't know, if Pete, if Pete heard the one episode, but he talks about, and the thing that blew me away is, you know. When he talks about how his father had a brain tumor and his father was in a coma for like half a year or something like that, and he, the only thing he had in the office was in the uh, doctor's office was reading complex to make him happy. And that's what drove him and pushed yeah. him all those years. You go, okay, there's a lot more to this story than just, mm. you know, not, you know, having an issue drawing feet or all this stuff. I mean, you really understand the perseverance when you listen to his podcast and, you know, a lot of respect. Yeah. 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 Oh, I have, I have nothing. I did see there was some stuff that I saw Rob steal whole. And he didn't really think I, one was okay. So I was I'm a big fan of Appleseed. Uh, and if you guys are read Appleseed, it was an old manga, whatever. And then I was reading Image Comics, all of a sudden, certain elements of Appleseed sort of popping up in his art. And I'm like, well, oh, he's discovered Matsumini's Chiro. <laughs> um, and then I was like, yeah, but he's not really understanding why he put, okay, so I can yeah, I see it. But it didn't, it's like, it didn't really fit with his characters yeah. and stuff. And, uh, but it was funny because I remember I'm like, that looks, oh, that's Bryos's ears. Got it. Okay. As well, you know, characters, but yeah, I started figuring that out. I'm yeah. like, okay. Influences well, it, and stuff. I, I've seen Rob at conventions be, be super, super generous to uh to kids uh yeah. who come up at his table and and just geek out and if you know if you look at him you're thinking man those are really annoying kids but mm-hmm. Rob just smiles and he's kind Ooh. to them yeah. and yet they go two t- tables over and talk to someone else and you know the person there is just a complete jerk so yeah you know I got, I got, like I said you, you know you can you can you we can critique him and critique his art, that's a completely different thing. But I don't understand all the grief he gets um, because, like I said, in, in my experience, he's been nothing but a very generous, very good guy. Yeah. 
So I've like, I mean, speaking like, you know, I was a big Jim Lee fan, and mm. I personally, and this is my own personal taste, so internet, take be kindly. <laughs> I think his artwork has actually deteriorated some over the years because I feel he's gotten more stiff. Yeah. When I look at his old art, it seemed to be much more. There was a sort of solidity to it, and the cross hatching and some of the poses, like he's, he's obviously not a slouch, but there's certain was like, yeah, you kind of lost whatever energy you had back then. Like, and I think that just comes from doing it over and over and over again. He well, has certain mm-hmm. like habits that come to solidify. I, I have a theory on I that. I see that happen. Yeah, I, I have a theory. You want to hear it? Go for it. It's just safe for the internet, Roland. <laughs> no, it is. It's absolutely safe for the internet. Uh, so, so my my theory goes back to the Marvel versus DC DC thing. Um, anybody who's talked to me at, at, at any for any moments about scripting knows that I'm a big fan of the of the Marvel method, and yeah. I and I think if you if you look at Jim's work at um on the X Men, they were doing things Marvel method. Jim is like, hey, here, Jim, here's what's happening. Jim had the ability then to take what was what was given to him and make it go wild, choosing the shots, the angles, the panels, and that kind of thing. Where when he goes to DC, which is where he's been, what the last oh god, yeah, buku years, yeah, how many decades? Yeah, he, like he works from full scripts. And, and Since I, he sold Wildstorm, yeah, I could see that. So, so that's my theory. I have no proof whatsoever. It could be. Um, but, you know, I just think that um, <laughs> Tommy says you guys trying to get in trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, like, I liked Mark Silverstreet. I thought his old X-Men stuff was great. There was such a, a gestural quality to yeah. it. And then he's he's gotten more stiff. Nothing. There's nothing wrong with it. It's just I prefer his older stuff than his new stuff. But just to see the evolution of artists. And I think that, again, that just comes as, like, if you're doing this over and over again, you're going to start getting those mental habits. Yeah, and, and I, th- I, th- I think there's some tr- some truth in that as well. Yeah. You you kind of once you've drawn so many pages, um, I don't know that maybe we should see did, did that ever happen to Jack Kirby? Um, you know, once you've drawn so many pages, yeah. though, I mean, how many times can you know, if a writer says, "Give me a, a you know a, an over the shoulder shot of you know a two shot," right? I mean, how many different ways can you draw that? Yeah. Well, <laughs> well there was even growth, right? And yeah, it, it's gross. Yeah. It's, it's 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 like um, I saw Dave Gibbons at Comic Con a couple years back, and he just it was he had this amazing discussion. And Dave Gibbons goes, you know, he went to figure drawing classes or life drawing classes with his daughter, and he goes, he realized in that moment how much he has this catalog of how a face is supposed to look, how this is supposed to look, mm-hmm. and how he kind of goes on autopilot, yeah. and does that. And he said yeah. going to art lessons, life drawing with his daughter, reminded him of that, and that art mm-hmm. more about seeing and observing than it is necessarily about the gesture of drawing huh. and how, and, 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 and I think a lot of creators fall into that rut, right? You have your stockpile of stock yeah. footage that you pull out yeah, and, and, you know, you forget about that, that, that hunger to reinvent and to keep learning. And, and it's, yeah. It's oh, yeah, I'm, guilt- you know? I'm yeah. guilty of that in my own art, obviously. I mean, those are just certain things that come about, uh, you know, same so you know try to mix up the faces somewhat and it's like well how many different ways can you do a grimace or yeah. sad face or whatever so yeah yeah i mean it's it's you know especially when you're just you know in your you're a story in the head but yeah i'm guilty but it's um yeah like how do you do like, <laughs> yeah you know you know how many things like that but yeah going and seeing different um you know like faces or going to the figure drawing life drawing it pulls you out of that it reminds yeah. you of different things, yeah. That's also why I think, you know, um, 
doing doing different stories, um, doing different types of stories. You know, draw big robots yeah. one time, and then you know, and then the next time draw unicorns. Uh, why anyone would ever want to draw unicorns, I don't know. But you know, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you call you... them sword horse, sword horse, it's a little more evident. <laughs> yeah. Sword horse. But, but then you run <laughs> the risk of being like like one of those bands that go, "Okay, I know you want to hear our favorite song, but we're going in this totally new direction. So just you know, listen to oh, listen you to know this and get booed off the stage." I had, you know what you that's that's a great example, Curtis, because I don't know if anyone's ever heard Queen's Hot Space, but it was a hot mess. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. ugh. Oh, yeah, 70s Queen, like 80s Queen. You can see them all of a sudden. I'm like, what is the guitar? Now it's all this synthesizer. Synthesizer. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's still good stuff, but like you listen to, you know, Radio Gaga compared to like... Well, they know, had that one album that was yeah. terrible. It just had all this pseudo-disco stuff. <laughs> and you're like, what the heck? Where's Brian May's <laughs> guitars? I mean, what? I just going on. Yeah, I, you know, it's one of those that you, you wanted to take outside and fling like a frisbee. Sorry, um, I'm, I'm still remembering my vinyl yeah. days. I mean, Talk that's a good point. Who, hmm? I was thinking with all these artists doing the same thing over and over against it. I have to remember uh, Campbell with his very distinctive way of throwing women. Who? And... and Campbell. Hey, Scott Campbell. Campbell. Oh, okay, yeah, Scott Campbell. Campbell. Yeah. Yeah. Campbell yeah. yeah, And everybody knows like he always do this, this, I don't know, the same faces and poses, same portions, whatever. Yeah. But at some point, I think it was my teacher. It's just like, have you seen his personal website though? And yeah. so we went there, and he has a whole bunch of stuff that's beautiful, and like you see his his stroke, his style, but it's a completely different thing from what he does on comics. Yeah. Oh wow! So I, we I did the conversation ha- went into conversation went into does he draw like that because that's what people pay him for? Yes. And, and, and what's the difference? Like, how much of a, an artist for yourself you can be compared to what people want you to be as an artist? And I and think it became a whole conversation. Yeah. And you know, yeah. I think that is I, I think that is one of the biggest challenges that we have cre- as creators have. Is that are are we creating to sell the most product that we can, or are we creating art? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and 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 that's um, it's a challenge. It is a challenge. It's a challenge. Yeah, it is it's a challenge. It's a personal challenge because you're like, do I do it or not? Yeah, yeah. it is a fine line. That's you're like, I, I like mean... to eat my Big Macs, and if. Nobody buys my stuff. I can't eat Big Macs. Exactly. <laughs> it's funny because I think I, you know, maybe draw a little bit, but then I don't know. I posted this picture on Facebook, and you guys may have seen it, like a more surrealistic. And I have a whole series of like these life drawings, surrealistic, which lets me, you know, stretch my creativity outside of the comic book and storytelling. Literally, instead of drawing to adhere to a story or an idea i'm just drawing for the pure idea playing with shapes and ideas mm. and, and you know and i've noticed it's it started to help me see things in different ways so tommy says here uh he goes i think it's i think he's talking going back to the image guys he says i think it's that the uh or, or the guys who aren't changing i think it's they're drawing the stuff they wrote for the most part you need uh you need someone writing your stories meaning you might not uh, you might not know. Wait a minute, you might not knowing be writing stuff. You easily can draw. 
I think what he's saying is somebody else writes your stories are going to challenge you to draw stuff that you may not have thought of. Yes. Angle. Yes. Not challenging oh, yourself. Yeah. 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 Um, Eric, Eric Dotson says under pressure came from that queen album, but then again, so did body language. Yes. That was the one. Oh my goodness. Um, the best song on that. I always pick something good at him. Oh, you know, now I know what they get. They get rolling for his no, birthday. No, 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 no. We can hide it somewhere no, in his room and just play very no, no. softly that Listen, song and repeat. There was one good song on that album, and "Under Pressure" is not the one I'm thinking of. Uh, there was one good song on there, and it was called "Put Out the Fire," um, and, and it was a Brian Brian May song. But uh, the rest of that song, pff, man, I mean, the rest of that album, no, no way. So Sid has quit sharing, so I guess that's uh I guess that means it's time for us to call it a night. Oh. Hold <laughs> on, Sid. Already I'm what? sorry. Uh, <laughs> no, it's just I'm I think I, I'm gonna have to start this page over. Yeah. And yeah, and it's yeah. red and light. So shut up, you What? <laughs> start it over. I, I was just no, thinking that. You yeah. thinking that she I, I think I, I mistook the light source and it's bothering me a lot. So I think it's like I'm gonna have to start over. And then you got I Maybe I'm overthinking this. Well, right. put it back on screen. That's what let I me, do, what I do. Put it back know, on screen and explain to you what, what's what's bothering you. Let, um, let me take a look at it. It's, uh, oh, oh, thank you, Cassisi. Why, 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 why don't we paying Sid by the hour? Is this, is this, <laughs> is this what yeah. she thinks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I guess. I, I guess. Like, mm, time's run out. Okay, so... <laughs> thing, I think in here, if I'm not wrong, in this oh my part God. of the story... I swear to God. Uh, <laughs> don't worry, guys. Just for you to know, Peter and I have this long history of hey, that guy's, each uh, other. Okay. That guy's purple. Is I'm going to kill to you. Is he meant to be purple? <laughs> you got that right? All you got to do is look at Peter and go, aren't you just a penciler? <laughs> just a penciler. <laughs> you know yeah. what? I should, I I should say I can't that. do the covers. <laughs> okay, so I remember <laughs> in the script, some time has passed by from from the beginning of the, the story because we have the situation with these two okay. bands in, in, in combat and, and now we were back and back from one and I understand this some time has passed like in terms of days between that first instance with this part. I don't want to tell it the spoilers so I'm like holding myself. So I think if some time has passed by the light could be also in a different angle because they're from outside. So there's a light source, there's a sun. So I'm, I'm thinking maybe I should, should not use the same light source I used in the other pages and just change it entirely. You could. Sure you also have to ask yourself, is, would the reader, is it going to affect the story? Yes. I know many so far ahead. So I think I'm yeah. like, it's not going to be a problem for me to start over with the shadows. It's just one it's not a problem for me. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can see what you're saying. It looks, I mean, obviously, it, it's, I would say, twilight in your scene. Uh, it's because so. I have it like that. But you can see the yeah. inks are um, on this side. And in the previous pages, the sun was in, in you know, from behind them. Behind them, okay. So I think, like, you know, maybe, maybe sometime, actually, I can take it as time has passed by, the sun moved, so I can... You know, just, just you could the do that. The, we're at. Tommy yeah. said maybe it's bad inks. It could be because <laughs> if you're saying the sun is behind them, <laughs> if you look down into the middle panel, the sun looks like it's actually because that long cast shadow. Yeah. I would Isn't say it? the sun is probably to the left. Yeah. 
So I think I'm just going to rethink it. I'm not so far into the space yet. So yeah, it doesn't Unless hurt. Unless the cash out is coming hurt. from the other thing. Yeah. I don't know. That's a hard. I mean, like I said, I mean, if it, if it's going to keep you calm, because God knows I've been an artist knowing like that's going to bother me and I'm never going to sleep tonight. Definitely change it. <laughs> um, but yeah. yeah. What is just the pencil thing? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just a pencil thing. The penciler thing. can go back to his coffee. You know, I may have, that, that may be the credits for Pete. Just the penciler. Just the penciler. <laughs> that's all I, just I would definitely put. put it in there. Just the penciler. We'll just put it in a shirt. The magic <laughs> yeah. happens. The magic happens after after I've touched. You the need pipe. you need a new cap that says I'm just the penciler. Just a penciler. That's right. Take my silver line. I'm just a penciler. If you if you want to know the light source to me, if you look at the light source in the bottom, it actually now look at the mm. cast shadows and the characters in the middle panel. The cast shadows yeah, are actually noticed. casting to the left, so your light source Definitely. is going to be coming from your right. Yeah, so I'm going to take right a different day. And it already has the establishing shot here. Yeah. It says here, here, this, we're in this area now. So, yeah. Look, I'll just do it again. It's not a problem. As long as the hue is, as long as the hue is different, you know, and and Mm. serves the story, I I wouldn't worry too much about it, you know. I I think so much about it. Oh, yeah. This this project, this project for me has been a great help because it has helped me a lot through that. Because in the Mm. first, pages i would spend so many hours in things and then i'd be like that's not important Yay. now i'm struggling a little more because i i need to remember and to reread the plot again to remember what's happening here but before i would struggle a lot so much more now i can just go in and yeah we'll go through the pages well i will tell they you are looking they, great they are looking yeah, fantastic really the number one thing to cure you and that cured me of any sort of like worrying about this stuff. Is when I watch somebody read my comic. When you see how fast somebody reads, <laughs> yeah, you'll you be like, "None of that stuff made any difference. No one cared." I it just no. When they read it like done, it's like, all right, yeah, that's, I was worrying about nothing. Point. That's a good point, Aaron. It's like somebody's gonna look at it, the light source change, and they just throw it off. Yeah, the listen. I, you know what? Think it's that I'm that kind of reader too. I'm not a horrible reader. This is not making sense, and it's like. If I notice it, probably other people notice too. Listen, it's so funny, Sid. I I can't tell you the number of times I've had conversation with an artist that said, that they'll tell me, all right, you know, and I'm just going to use these times as examples, so don't don't hold, hold, but they'll say, yeah, you know, I'll I'll do uh, one page in in eight eight hours. I'm okay, okay. right? Well, when that eight hours pass, I'll talk to them and say, well, really, I just need an extra four hours. So my question is always, okay. That extra four hours that you spent is that mm. does that mean that we're going to sell that many more copies because you spent that extra four hours on those pages, mm. or is it really going to be kind of unnoticeable to anybody but you? And mm. that's that's the and this goes back to that idea of the, it's a fine line between we got to remember we're doing you know entertainment. And yes, there are a lot of people say, well, we're, we're creating art. Okay, well, I can, yeah, maybe, but we're also creating entertainment. And, and there does come a point of, oh, shoot, what, what, some econo- e- economy person help me here. Some sort of point of diminishing yeah. return, something like that. Mm. Yeah. Now, well, what? if it makes you feel any better, I had a kid's book. My second kid's book <laughs> came out. And somebody online pointed out, hey, there's a word misspelled in the back. I'm like, oh, crap, it's already been printed. 
Mm. So now I have a book out there with a misspelled word, and you just got to be no. like, well, you know, I no, guess no, no, that's no, no, no. Say, say that that's part of the artwork, and it's, it's the job of the colors in the book to fix it. That's oh, yeah. I got extra points, you noticed. But, I put that there oh. for the kids to catch. This is Yeah, this that's is, it. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, and yeah, the, the Hulk uh, was gray like, before he was green, right? And this is true. To being gray, so you know, happy accident. <laughs> yeah. I th- there's actually mistakes that I've seen that I actually looked at. I'm like, that's it. No, I don't want to fix that. I'm actually <laughs> just like I'm going yeah. for it. They'll figure it out. And I you don't know, care. some of that too. You know, I was talking with Alex uh, Gallimore about this uh, as well. Some of it too comes just as. As you you gain some experience, because when you when you first start, you do absolutely want to. I'm going to make this absolutely the very best I possibly can, and if that means I got to spend another, you know, I, I don't sleep tonight, or I spend another four hours on this, I'm going to do it because I'm going to make it the absolute best that I can. And then, of course, the more you work on it, the more you realize, okay, I can cut this corner here, or I can cut this corner. Mm. You know, the more experience that you have, and that's with anything, right? Yeah. Um. But yeah, so. I learned that from school too. That was a good training about it. You know, well, my... this is one of the reasons I love the Kubert School. Yeah, because, because I remember they... my first assignments, and everybody went crazy. It's like I just want you guys to make a what was it like a like a clear focus point on on, on an illustration. And we all went, a guy came back with like a red seal in the middle of the city, and that shot and character with fire and stuff. And the teacher was like, well, "This guys wanted you to put like how to put an arrow." in a circle like I guess you <laughs> yeah. chill you just start and don't burn yourself out like this yeah. Tom- Tommy said it looks beautiful Sid next page yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> this flats that's it I'm out well you know if it makes you feel any better there was a, I watched a documentary in Die Hard and there was a major mistake where they were actually they had to change the ending one of the endings they put this ambulance inside this truck they showed up in the beginning and then they looked back at the beginning of the movie and said, well, we showed this scene with all these guys getting out of the same truck, no ambulance inside. And they talked to the director, should we fix this? And he's like, I don't give a crap. Let them figure it out. <laughs> he just didn't care. He was like, we're not fixing that. They can figure it out, make up Amazing. something. Done. I was like, that's Amazing. after that. I'm like, if Die Hard can do that, oh, no one's going to care what I do. Okay, now i got to go back and look for that. Now you got to go sit. Now you got to notice yeah. it, I know. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, watch it before Christmas. Yeah. Um, all right, all right, fellas. Let's, uh, fellas and gal, let's call us tonight. Curtis, tell everybody where they can uh, find you on the interwebs. Sure, you can find me at Curtis Fujita. You can find me on Facebook. You can also find me on YouTube, Instagram, and also on Facebook through my martial arts school. That's uh, Tiger Crane Kung Fu, and it's on YouTube and Instagram as Tiger Crane Zero Five. Cool. Aaron, what about you? Where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, Facebook, you can find me at Humphreys Illustration, H U M P R H U M P H, whatever. It's my last name, R E S. Man, that was a mouthful. Uh, you can find, I have an Instagram handle, A L H 3810. I'm also, uh, what was that, Webtoons. I do my Goblins comic of Webtoons. So I post my stuff on Facebook, all that good stuff. And if I'm forgetting something, you'll find it in the links below. A L H is a lot easier to remember than H U M P. Yeah, I know. I'm just like great. It's, it's only my name. That's okay. We should all do like Barb and just have the little paper. Yeah, yeah just know. hold up. Here's my sign, right? Yeah. John, what about you? Where can folks find you on the interwebs? Uh, all, well, all over social media. 
Um, uh, of course, John Martin is my personal page. John Vampire Martin is my um, uh, my artist page. Um, John Vampire Art. John Vampire Martin. Some iteration of that. You can find that on Twitter or Instagram. And then, of course, also I have a Patreon page also. And as, as a reminder uh, to everyone listening to us, give our links. Uh, I will put them, all the links that these guys have given me, I will make sure I put them in the information so that you can go click on them and look for them and find them. Sid, what about you? Where can folks find you online? Uh, currently, you can find me on my Instagram since I'm working on my links. It's Sketchy Sid altogether. And good news, after like forever long time, I finally posted something new, so go check it out. All right. <laughs> I'm excited about that. It's been forever. So. And Pete, what about you? Um, yeah, it's real simple. It's uh, Peter Clinton Art, and that's Facebook. With one Instagram. R or two R's? Well, how do you spell art? I don't know. It's great. I don't know. R. 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 Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, it's all the same. And from there, you'll find links to everything else I've, I've done and, and doing. Um, but Instagram is the place for uh, Champ and Miss Fury um, teasers. Let's put, say, say teasers. Sweet. Yeah. Excellent. And uh, you can find me, Man Rolling, on uh, Twitter, uh, which I'm not really there that often. Uh, really haven't been on Facebook that much uh, in the last couple of weeks, but you can find me on Facebook. Just look for the caricature that looks like my face, um, and you can find me. Uh, don't forget to like and subscribe and follow uh, all of the places that, that uh, you can find Silverline uh, on Facebook. You can find us on uh, Twitter. You can find us on YouTube. Tommy said another great show, everyone. Thanks, Tommy. Thank you. And uh, until then, we'll see you all next time. Remember to make mine like silver line. Silver line. <laughs> Good night, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Silver Line Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the episode. We know we ramble sometimes, but we have fun. And after all, isn't that what comics are all about? We hope you'll follow us on all our social media. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, LinkedIn, Reddit, MeWe, Gab, and whatever new thing pops up between now and the time you listen to us. Please like, follow, share, and remember, make mine Silverline.